Man, that intro music slaps so good. Hey, welcome guys to Fake Nerd Podcast episode 207, uh, where we liked the Mulan live action movie so much we decided to review it a second time. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so I'm here to talk about that in detail with Brandon T. McClure. Hello. And I don't know what this Matt- was. What was this? I'm doing magic. Ben Magnet. Ooh, Taco Bell! And, uh, of course, Ryan Eliopoulos, my fabulous roommate. That's, it's me, it's true, all of those things. We're joined once again over the internet. The internet, the internet is the thing that's keeping us all together. We got a quarantine cast going once again. Uh, This time it is currently 100 degrees outside and it is 9 o'clock in the evening. Is it, is it 100? Hold on. Maybe not How hot is it here? Because uh, we've had it bad. Uh, boy. Oh, it's 93 right now. It's not so bad. Oh, it's only 93 at 9 o'clock. It's it was 115 in the middle of the day today. Uh, it was a, we had we had Our power went out at 117 degrees with... Uh, did you just tweet about that fi- about that cover? No. Yes, Maybe. you did. I see it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was 100... It went... It went it, power went hey, out. Oh, hello, K-Titus. The power went out, yeah. and then there, we looked over to the freeway, and there was a big cloud of dark smoke coming up from the from the ground. I'm like, "Oh, so oh. we're on fire too!" Burn gully. So we're on fire, and apparently, K. Tyus just said that Japan is having one of the worst typhoons in history. Oh my god! Wow. Stay Dude. safe, Japan. Please stay safe. 2020 just doesn't stop. Hey Can't guys, just California is on fire, and Japan isn't getting hit with typhoon. Guys, just your friendly fake nerd podcast reminder that climate change is real. It's true. <laughs> Uh, okay, so who wants to go first the week? I got quite a bit, so I could go if you want. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll go. Oh, did you want to go? I don't care. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a whole lot. I'll go. I'll be quick about Guys, it. Guys, rock paper scissors for it. I don't care. <laughs> He's not going to decide. I'll go. Um, all right, all right. So I did quite a bit this week. I had uh, I had watched a ton of movies. So I'm just going to kind of spitball spitball them after I mention that I read Al Ewing's new book from Boom Studios. Um, we only find them when they're dead. I did not have time to read that yet. Uh, I think that book is really great. The uh, artwork and the world building are stunning. Uh, if you have not read it or have not picked it up yet, and you're listening to this and you're a comic book fan, that is a new number one you should jump on. That book, It's great. I loved it. Uh, and I've caught up on X-Men. Obviously, there are only three X-Men books this week. Only. <laughs> Next week, there's five. Whoa, whoa, is me. I had, I had. <laughs> oh, wow. my God. Exo- guys, we have, we have to do an X of Swords thing soon. Oh, X-Men. Yeah, we have to do Ooh, our Dominic talk. You're going to read some of the X-Men comics soon. Oh, my God. Ah! I can already tell you that. that. We do that in less than three weeks. <laughs> no, no, but Brent. Right, yeah. But, uh, to talk. Ryan, I can, when I went to the store this week, I was talking to our to our friend at who works at the store, and I told him, I was like, okay. I need every single Exo Swords book that comes out. If it has Exo Swords anything on it, I need it. He's like, so all of Exo Swords on your pull list, all of Exo Swords on my pull list. Just throw them all in there. Let's do it. Let's, let's do this. 24 titles. 24 titles in your I, pull list. I shouldn't have to do that because every X-Men title is on my pull list. But mistakes have happened. You have to well, bring it up. There are the there are the one shots that connect to the book to the to the rest of the titles. Sure, like but I, creation I, and devastation. Usually, when you tell them I want all the X Men stuff, hopefully they're pulling literally all the X Men stuff. 
I noticed something this week when I was reading them and the checklist in the back, because gentlemen, if you're if you're gentlemen, gentle ladies, whoever's listening to this, if you're not reading X-Men, there's a checklist of a reading order in the back and it's beautiful. Pause for one second. T- Kay Titus, I'm sorry that it's four typhoons in a row and this oh. is a cat, but behind us is my dog. We have both. <laughs> Got we it. Have okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on the back there on that checklist, right under like giant size X-Men storm, which I'm excited about. Uh, is Juggernaut number one? I didn't appreciate that. No, so here's the thing. Um, I doubt it's going to be super well connected, but one, it is being written by Fabian Nicieza, who was one of the head honcho X-Men writers of the 80s and 90s, and this is him coming back to a character he wrote significant amounts of, and it's in, uh, it's Juggernaut, like, being reintroduced as, like, the new Coco and Juggernaut, so, like, I'll, I'm going to pick it up, I'll let you know if it's good. And it's okay. only five issues. True. Like it's not going to be a co- constantly running series, so like it's not it's not too too damaging to add. Yeah. Oh wait, actually, K. Titus, uh, Wolverine from the Wolverine's current title, he's fighting Dracula. That's cool. Hell yeah, yeah Mister. Because so, I actually caught, I haven't read issue four yet, but I caught up on the rest of the issues of Wolverine when we issue go four back is to so, Issue four is so good. It's and, it's. A, I'm just, ben, I want Dracula, baby. Just read the I, next I know, I know. But I have a decent-sized stack, and I don't have to go to work tomorrow, so guess what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to read this, or I'll probably just start doing what? it tonight. Screw it. I'm going to finish the of books. I don't have school tomorrow. I just realized. What's tomorrow? It's a Labor Day. Labor Day. Oh, not for me. Yeah. Oh. Wait, guys. I don't have work tomorrow either. Well, that's why you have a long list of nerd things to share with us. Oh. <laughs> that's true. Um, okay. Anyway, I'm actually getting scared that I'm not back to work yet. So, you know, finger guns. Okay, I'll, I'll watch Ghostbusters 2 and 10 Things I Hate About You. I'm not going to mention those a lot. I just did them, and I felt bad leaving them out. Um, that second one, great Yeah, I, I, Ghostbusters 2 is all right. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I watched the new DC animated film, Superman, Man of Tomorrow. Oh, my gosh, that's out. Uh, mm-hmm. It did come out on DVD, Blu-ray, and I was on digital. Um, it was actually on digital first. Yeah, uh, K Titus, you're on. Di- you're on live right now. You're in the chats. No, I know what you mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, one day so maybe. I really like the voice cast of that movie, with the exception of Lois. I wasn't crazy about Alexandra Daddario as Lois. Um, but ultimately, I think that movie is super cool. It takes a lot of cool elements from Superman Earth One. It does take elements from Superman American Alien, but not as much many as you think. Um, and a lot of other, like Superman Birthright, there's some in there. Like it, it does kind of make a hodgepodge Superman origin story with a really cool Lobo and a really terrifying Martian Manhunter. And Zachary Quinto is excellent as Lex Luthor. And then it turns into a kaiju movie. And so I'm like, all right, cool. If this is where you're going, uh, if, this, if this spawns a universe, I'm in. That universe would be awesome. I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they said that this is not like the start of a universe it is just this is the uh, movie they made so they did say that and then they recanted that two days later and so mm. what it feels like to me is they're not sure mm. they just haven't decided gotcha but i what well, i hope they do and if not hey it's a pretty cool superman origin story uh, i enjoyed it actually quite more than i thought it would good cool good, good. um i watched the very first gamera 1964's Gamera. He's the turtle. He's the briar breathing turtle. Um, Jetpack butt. Yeah. Guardian well, children. It's okay. 
I don't think it's aged quite as good as Godzilla, which is its most it's its counterpart. Um, and it's very slow for an hour and a half. And that's kind of a bummer because I'm sitting there like, man, man, guys, I had I had a hard time getting through it too, because it's really it's good, but it's it's really slow. And so I'm just sitting there, I'm like, I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> this hour and a half movie. <laughs> Let let's be honest, like um, some of the other like Godzilla esque films from earlier in are pretty slow themselves. Godzilla gets a pass, but like raids again, which is the next one. Yeah, pretty slow. Uh, well, Rodan, the original Rodan, slow as hell. Yeah, but the idea with like the reason why I think Godzilla, 1954's Godzilla, has has aged so well is because of its allegory. You know, it's al- it's allegory in nature. It is very heavy handed in its message, and I think that message just carries that movie into kind of a a classic status more than Gamera, which is really not about anything except for giant turtle cool. True. Hello, mm-hmm. uh, Mag to you too. Um, that watching that movie, I was intending to go through all of the Gamera films. Uh, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> um, instead, I'm going to jump to the Hasey trilogy, which is the second era of Gamera, where there are three movies that are apparently incredible. And it's the only reason why I want to watch Gamera anyway. So hopefully next week, I'll talk to you about those. I'm just going to wait for the Shin Gamera movie. <laughs> Yo, after watching this movie, I was like, man, I'd watch Shin Gamera. That's see, that's my next my favorite trope is old man Logan or old man character and now Shin version. We're just like, yeah, what if we mess it up completely and do something new? I'm like, Shin baby, yeah. <laughs> um, Wait, uh, Brand, do you still watch Death Battle every now and then? I know of their of their Gamera versus Godzilla. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're cool guys. Goku would not beat Superman. Anyway. Um. Mulan. I watched the original Mulan. Ultra Instinct Goku would absolutely beat Superman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, he hasn't seen that. No. Um, that's not- <laughs> still, it's still true. It still exists. Uh, I watched the original Mulan. Not a lot to talk about there. That movie rules. That movie's actually way better than I remember it being. I had a good time. Good. I wrote this down weird, so if I'm, if I'm squinting, it's because of a weird order here. Uh, because I watched the new Mulan, I decided to watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon for a comparison that all we'll talk about in our review. But I did really enjoy Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I thought the movie was awesome. Uh, the that. martial arts in that. I That movie kind of like started to scratch an itch I had from watching Mulan. And so that's when I posted on Instagram, which, Ryan, thank you. Um, I'm, I, I want more of that. From the top of my head. It's like, yo, these all kick ass. Yeah, I want more kick-ass kung fu movies. Speaking of kick-ass, well, the karate, okay, hold on. Okay, I can do this. Okay, so the the Karate Kid remake is using kung fu. So speaking of kick-ass kung fu franchise movies, but the original, no, that's not working. Um, I watched watch Karate Kid. I watched all the Karate Kids. Yes. Um. I watched the first one on Netflix on on Monday, uh, August 31st, and I had to watch the next three on Showtime because Netflix took them off on September 1st. That's that's timing is funny. Yeah. So, but I did end up watching all of the Karate Kids. Uh, one obviously is a classic. Um, you know, can't stand against it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, two, I found to be really good. 
Three is really shit. Really, that's really Hil- shit. That's Hillary Swank, right? No, that's four. That's four. four is Hillary. Yeah, four is the yeah. next one. So three is really crap, only because the villain makes absolutely no sense. He is too comically uh, not part of that universe. Like, he's a cackling maniac. And then there's like... Uh, and then uh, Danny is really stupid in a way that he's just never been. Four is Hillary Swank. And Hillary Swank uh, proves the rule that most of the women in that franchise became super popular actresses. Because mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Shue was in the first one. The uh, Asian romantic lead of the second one actually has a really prominent uh, television career. She was recently on Star Trek Picard as the villain, which and she was awesome. Uh, the girl from Karate Kid 3, unfortunately, did nothing afterwards. But Hilary Swank, obviously, one of the most popular actresses in the world. Which is funny, because the next Karate Kid is the one I watched, I've seen the most of my life, because it was constantly on Disney Channel. And you know what? Controversial. I actually think it's pretty good. No, so do I. It's, okay, it's been years since i last seen the next Karate Kid, but I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I, I think it's I think it's really sweet, and Hilary Swank was really likable. Obviously, Miyagi is great. Um he was in four of my movies this week because he five of my movies because he was he's the emperor in Mulan. Mm-hmm. Can I tangent for a brief moment? Go for it. It's karate related. Okay. Last night I had reading and schoolwork to do, and I put on Turner Classic Movies in the background, live, just whatever was streaming live. It was a documentary about Elvis Presley. Oh, they showed a whole bunch of footage from when Elvis got obsessed with karate. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. And that footage, like, it shows him both in the training rooms with senseis, and he's, like, doing all these moves to the senseis, and the senseis have the most, like, straight face, like, you know they don't love this. (laughs) You know they're, like, placating a celebrity so hard. And they would smash cut between those takes, which are just woof, and Elvis doing karate moves on stage at concerts, which just looks so bad like like it looks so goofy um that was just i was like man i didn't even think about this side of elvis i had such a long time and i'm like this is so you guys gotta like look up a clip of elvis doing karate at when was this in his career was this like Uh, later when he was doing he got he got like really into karate it looked it looked uh so Elvis, I so my my grandmother was obsessed with Elvis. So her house was just covered in memorabilia, and I'll always remember she had a clock where the legs did this, so it looked like he was dancing. Um, <laughs> fun fact about Elvis: he was so rich, and he loved this one specific peanut butter banana sandwich from a restaurant that he would literally spend thousands of dollars to fly that sandwich around the world anytime he was touring. He had a plane that he would just it was a sandwich plane. And he just, like, there were, like, these thousand-calorie peanut butter banana sandwiches. He's like, I don't care, man. Fly it to me. And I'm like, Elvis, you're crazy, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I used to look up Elvis. That dude was nuts. That dude, that dude, like, I haven't looked a lot into Elvis He's... in a while. Like, I knew some things, and I, I was aware of the karate stuff, but, like, I hadn't really taken a look at it for a while. And I had to stop what I was doing. I'm like, this is, good <laughs> Lord, man. Okay. Elvis Spe- was out of his mind. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of Elvis, I have to bring this up now. Have you guys ever heard of the show Drunk History? Oh, of course. Yes. Canceled. Yeah. yeah uh, rest in peace. I freaking love that show. But there is an episode of Drunk History where they're talking about how Elvis went to, I think he went to Richard Nixon and asked to be part of a special arm of the FBI to be a, <laughs> to be a, a officer of the law. Yes, yes. He drug bust because he thought that was the coolest shit ever. I'm Elvis like, wanted to be James Bond. <laughs> I'm like, Elvis, why? 
Why? Are he, I mean, it's drunk history, so obviously the people reenacting the, or telling these stories are drunk off their asses. So, grain of salt, but still. History, though. Elvis yeah. is so cuckoo. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Also, right, Jack so Black, like, Elvis and Dave Grohl's in a lot of them, and I, I, I like that a lot. I love uh, Dave Grohl. Real quickly, I think two would have been a lot better about the Karate Kid two if uh, they didn't end with a fight sequence and mm-hmm. it just ends where it does because it actually ends in a really nice place. And then they're like, "Oh wait, shit, we got to put a karate thing at the end of this." Makes um, sense. And three is garbage, but anyway. So the next Karate Kid, I, I quite enjoyed. Um, but so I did that because I wanted to watch Cobra Kai. Now that it is on Netflix and I've heard great things about it, I was like, "Okay, let's watch Hell Cobra yeah, Kai." Go on. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I, uh, so I've been hearing some, some really great things about Cobra Kai. Um, I've never seen any of the Karate Kids before, so I just binged them all this week and watched the entirety of Cobra Kai season one and two. One and two are on Netflix. Season three is coming next year. When that show starts, it is very hard to discern what it's about, like what what its theme is. Because the theme of Karate Kid is very much like, you know, it's anti-bullying. Stand up for yourself. Don't throw the first punch. Uh, but you know what? Don't be an asshole. You know, I like your shirt. Don't be a dick. Uh, I forgot I had this. <laughs> no, I saw it earlier. I'm like, that's true. He has my face on his shirt. That's Zara, him. when Zara hugs me, it's very awkward because she's actually hugging you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Cobra Kai, I'm watching it and. Johnny Lawrence, obviously it's about him. Everyone that's not Johnny is kind of framed as dweeby or nerdy or whatever. There's a girl giving a cyberbully cyberbully conference. Screw her. We're badasses, right? Um, it's very it seemed pro-bullying. Because it turns these nerd characters into bullies. And it, so so I was very confused. Credit <laughs> Kid's not about that. It's I don't understand why they did this. Um, are you going to say something, Ryan? No, I'm going to wait for you to finish because I just okay. I've I haven't seen it. I just heard so much stuff about it too. Yeah, and so like everyone's talking about how great the show is and whatnot. And by the way, I have told this to people, and they're like, "No, it's not there." So I could be I could have been misreading. People could also be projecting, which is my argument for why why people think it's not about this. You're projecting your values from the Karate Kid onto this, but Johnny Lawrence seems like he won't he didn't learn the lesson that he was supposed to learn in one which you know at the end of one he's like hey you're all right larusso and then at the end of two he quits at the beginning of two he quits cobra kai because crease was about to kill him and then in this one it's just like yeah i'm bringing back cobra kai i'm making i'm gonna teach you guys how crease taught me and you guys are gonna be badasses you're gonna beat up all the bullies you're gonna become assholes and blah blah blah, no mercy i'm like what what's the what are we doing so what are we doing I haven't seen it, so obviously you just throw everything I'm about to say away because I I don't know. Um, everything you say is precious. From, well, from everything I understand, it's a Last Jedi situation where he did not learn the lessons from the last movie, and that's why it's so good because it's about the villain actually overcoming the hero from the last movies. Um, yes, and that becomes clear towards the end of the se- of the second season. Okay, um, well, I heard that from the first season, from like right. the first like, episode. There, there's, there are themes that the show feels like it's at odds with the theme that it thought it was doing, which is Johnny Lawrence was right. And, and Daniel LaRusso is an asshole. Um, but you know, that deconstructionist video from, from time, a mother and other things. Um, 
but it's not really clear because obviously they they want to not be about that because hey be a bully is a terrible message and it does feel like they settle on what they want to do i kind of feel like it was growing pains more than anything i'm not saying it's again it's, i'm not saying it was the intention to make a pro bullying show i'm saying it was an accident because they didn't exactly know what they wanted to do sure yeah now towards the second season is actually when the show gets really great uh i found anyway because that's when you know johnny kind of like finally says like now at the end of season two even even johnny is like this is not what i should have been teaching you i should not have been teaching you guys to be assholes um you know he starts he starts he does start to learn and then he and danny Okay, look, there's a lot of contrived problems in the show. No, I know. There's a lot of contrived problems in the show, which is a big problem for me. Uh, it's thematic It's thematic confusion in the beginning, which I could be wrong, but that's how I saw it. But towards the end of the se of season two, it actually got really great. And uh, I'm, eagerly, I'm eagerly awaiting season two. Really? I don't know if the journey is worth it, but I, I didn't see anything that made me just up and quit. Excellent. That's pretty much it. That's it? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna go because I did look at these shit this week. Um, so I, so Monday, Tuesday, so I worked, I worked all week as you do, but uh, my my work schedule this week just put me in a certain uh, lack of energy because I would be closing and then I'd be opening. I did that twice this week, so oh, I didn't have energy or will to want to do anything. So uh, I read my comics and I played a game. That's all I did this week. So some of the comics I read, um, obviously the X Men shit. Black Widow number one came out. Did any of you buy Black Widow number one? No. Why don't you guys support any female titles? Come on, guys. It's Black Widow. You got to do it. It's Kelly Thompson's great. Uh, Deceased is still great. Strange Adventures is great. Justice League. Justice League 51 and 52. Uh, those were tie-ins to, uh, or excuse me, those were fill-ins uh, for obviously the Justice League because now they're doing death metal shit. Um, I realized that, uh, oh, a writer I really like, Jeff Loveness, is doing the fill-in, and um, I want to support that guy after I saw a, a page. Um, guys, I'm not exaggerating. I think these two issues, this little arc is my favorite comic of the year. Um it is one just beautifully drawn by artists that I'm not familiar with. So this is a new artist that like will probably in a year be like a huge event com comics guy. But um, it is just a truly beautiful and introspective look at the Justice League and what it means to, for comic books. And like, what does an ending actually mean for comic book characters? Uh, and like the whole book's about the Black Mercy. And it's about them, the Justice League landing on a planet all of Black Mercy. So it's all about them dealing with all of their realities and shit. And it's so beautifully written and so crazy. Um, and I was like, oh man, I, I don't know if anyone's reading this comic because it's just a fill-in and that's a bummer. Um, I'm so 51, glad I did. 51, 52? I think it's 50, yeah, 51, 52. Um, uh, man, yeah, I just, I had that, all the other comics this week were great, were fine. Um, I'll mention one more, but yeah, Justice League. If you guys want a two-issue, just really great arc, um, check it out. Jeff Loveness, he's going to be the new writer for Ant-Man 3. Like that dude is seriously like, He's bumping up in the world of like great writers. Um, the last comic I'll talk about is Lonely Receiver, which is a new number one from Aftershock. Um, it is a, if you guys have seen, the closest thing I can describe it as, um, Spike Jones is Her, which is about a guy who dates an artificial intelligence. Um, that's the closest thing I can think of to anything else in the terms of entertainment. But um, it is a body horror, gothic romance about dating in the 21st century with technology. And what the, and what dating technology does to people, and in turn, what technology learns about people. Um, and there's no other book I've ever read like it. 
Uh, and it's it's blowing up and it's like sold out already. And I'm really glad because like small books like this are like really, really find a genre of niche. Um, I love it. And I was luckily, luckily um, it wasn't sold out. The the Al Ewing book was sold out. So I didn't get that one, but I did get Lonely Receiver. Um, and I highly recommend you guys check that out if you want something new. It's 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 sensational. And it's it's unlike any book I've ever read. Um, the thing I did from Thursday to today was also I did Downright Annoyed. We talked about the fifth element. I did that uh, two hours ago. You're, you're, so you did. You have two this week: Gods of Egypt and uh, Fifth oh, Element. That's right, because we did that one on Monday. So I go, oh, yeah. look at that! I'm so much stuff. Oh my gosh! So both of those um, are in the link. Are in the link below. Thank you, Brandon. Um, so from Thursday night to today, I played and beat the Avengers campaign because um, I was just so curious. And once I got into it, uh, you guys, they marketed that game wrong. They marketed that game so wrong because that is a 12-hour real campaign where you don't have to touch the multiplayer. Uh, it is mission-based, so like if you play the beta, you know you have to pick missions, but you can even skip that and just go, there's a button that says continue campaign after the next mission. Uh, Brandon, for you specifically, this is a freaking awesome Avengers campaign. Like, like it's not big and bombastic like Endgame because it's the very first one, right? Um, the villain's Modok, the last boss is Modok. Like that's not a, spo a spoiler or anything. Um, there is a, a secret. There's a secret boss after that. I won't tell you about because that's what's really cool. But um, Kamala is the star of that game. Kamala, you play as Kamala most of the game. You don't unlock. You don't unlock Black Widow until ten hours into the game. Like it is a real single player campaign, and the marketing did it all wrong because they so focus on the multiplayer and that's what's bad about it is after you beat the dope ass campaign it's like okay so we beat aim but like there's a new there's a new leader um so here's some other missions to do and that's where there's not enough content because like if i'm going to play this game for the next six months there's not enough content but that campaign is awesome that is a spider-man-esque campaign where there's so much um pre-created like um like cinematics and like special things like it's the guys who made the tomb raider games and like there's a lot of things like um also in the last of us where like you're running away from stuff or like things are happening to you as you try to like kind of like uh in the beta that opening but like that's the beta the that opening of the game is the worst part of the game everything else is dope also i, I like that too no exactly and if you like that stuff then that's the worst of it um, the opening of the game is 30 minutes of you and, and of Kamala and her dad at A-Day hanging out with the Avengers and collecting comic books. It is a real story game. And the fact that the marketing does not show you any of this blows my mind. I didn't even know there was a campaign. Exactly. It is. It, dude, I'm serious. Like, it's like, it's like, you might as well just put this, in, like, put this in. And unfortunately, it's a, it, it is a multiplayer game. But if you just put the disc in, you can play the campaign and never touch the multiplayer. Um, it is still encased That's in the right. multiplayer. It is still encased in the multiplayer trappings, where like there's gear and stuff like that. But like, it, it's you could just put this game, Brandon, and not touch the multiplayer. Like all the single player missions, you can't play with people because they're structured around only stuff you can experience while the other Avengers are doing stuff. And guys, I'm not exaggerating. The last mission, it's a you know like in games like oh it's the last mission or should you want to proceed? I'm like yes, of course. I didn't think that. I thought that mission is like an hour and a half to two hours long. It is long. It feels like a finale. I'm not joking. I was on the edge of my seat, like smiling during one portion. Of, and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I am having so much fun right now. Like the most fun I've had all year in this final mission. And it's just like one specific thing of like all the Avengers are doing their own cinematic stuff while you are doing stuff as well. And you're bouncing between all the characters in the finale. And I'm like, I don't know why they didn't show any of this. Like they really marketed that game so wrong because I love it. I love that campaign. It is it is fantastic. All the character stuff, it's so good. 
again, they marketed those characters wrong because like Bruce Banner is actually really sweet and like really wholesome. And Tony Stark is as much as asshole as you want him to be. And Black Widow is awesome and Cap's awesome. And like, man, three years of bad marketing. I just can't believe it. Um, I just put I, it I, on I, my, I just put it in my cart. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. And again, like I, um, I think the gameplay is good enough. Like I am still playing the stuff afterwards because, like, the, the point of these types of games is, you know, you level up till you get to the end game, and then you do a big raid, which is like a really hard, really cooperative. Uh, you've played Destiny, you know, a really cooperative, like super hard mission that, like, it gives you the best gear and the coolest loot because um, it is a loot game. So um, I don't feel the game has enough at the end game because it just came out. That's just how it is. But they really should have focused on that campaign because that's what that's where the money is and that game's going to that game's only going to get better with time we've already announced you know they're they're adding other characters they're adding other locations kate um, bishop kate bishop we uh, didn't talk about it on the podcast but kate bishop yeah so um hawkeye and kate bishop um um they're both hawkeye but you can choose to be either of them they have the same moves so there's going to be a couple echo characters like that um like you know what echo means it's yeah. place then or, or even brandon um I, I think the core of that game is really, really good, and I and I'm still playing it afterwards. Like I'm gonna be, I am gonna be playing it a while because I find the the combat so fun, and that skill tree is so much bigger um, than I thought it was gonna be. And yeah. you and you can really specialize how you want. Just like Destiny, um, you pick an ability, and it gives you three options for that ability. So if you want to be, if you want to be more offensive, more defensive, or a mix of both, you can choose how you play. Um, and I just. I can't believe like they marketed this game so badly for three years because they got I think they got a winner. I really do. Right. Um again, like there's not as much content as I'd hope after an endgame, but if that was sacrificed so you can have the great campaign, all that stuff's gonna come in the next in five years, this game's gonna be insane. It's gonna have Doctor Strange and it's gonna have a Wakanda mission, it's gonna have all that shit, right? Um, but like for now, I'm like, yeah, man, play that campaign and then come back maybe if you're not into the multiplayer. Um I, I played I played like 15 hours over four days. And, and I really do think like just the experience in the beta, like, so I, my copy. Yeah. <laughs> Best Buy. <laughs> uh, I had pickup arranged and they're like, uh, yo, hey, delayed. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, we'll let you know about the new date. Or if we can't let you know about the new date, we'll just cancel it. And I'm like, okay, no, we're not doing that. Cause that happened lives <laughs> out a while back. I want that steel book. Uh, and so I was like, hey, can we change this to shipping? And so I changed it to shipping. And then UPS dicked around for a couple days, and now I don't, I'm don't. i not going to get it till Tuesday. It was supposed to arrive yesterday. Dang. Anyway, when I get that, I'm going to play through the campaign because I want to get the campaign. I want to do it, but yeah. then I want to get through the campaign, and I want to be able to do all those multiplayer missions like with friends because the value of that game really is in, as far as the like multiplayer missions, it's doing it with your friends. That really enhances that whole experience. Yeah. Uh, like doing those missions by yourself is like, yeah, all right. Um, but those missions that can be blase become very fun if you're playing with your friends. Yeah. Um, and the AI is is really good. Like, and again, um, like when you're doing this, even if you're doing multiplayer stuff or, or the single player stuff, all of the AI or all the all the other Avengers are AI. So you never have to worry about. You can just turn off matchmaking and never do that. Um, but again, it is uh, playing with people adds a little more fun to it. Uh, some of the, some of the environments are a little samey. There's a lot of going into a lot of like same looking aim laboratories, um, which like I can understand. I've only put 15 hours. Doubling that, I can imagine some of those labs get boring after a while. But um, the thing about live service games is they have daily missions, weekly missions, uh, daily and weekly like challenges for every character. Um, so for someone like me who likes playing the game enough, it's easy for me to pop in for like an hour or less and it's like okay i'm gonna level up cat for a little bit so it unlocks this thing for me um sure. and they're just constantly giving you new stuff to unlock too as it's a live service game so um 
I'm just happy it's as good as it is because like I really I was hoping for this to be good because I want I want an Avengers I want a Marvel game I can play all the time like that's like as a Marvel fan that's the dream right DC Universe has DC Universe Online and that game's pretty dope but I don't I don't want to play an MMO like that like World of Warcraft this is what I'm looking for um and one day we'll we'll be able to fight the Abomination our Taskmaster together uh and learn all about his history with AIM uh but until then uh I report it's good cool may may i real quickly say one thing about cobra kai i just i just realized um ralph macchio and uh william zapka they come back and they're excellent they're actually really great in the show and i i think they turn in both really great performances that's That's good uh ralph macchio is maybe not the best guy in real life but i'm he's a good guy in that oh that's that's unfortunate (laughs) to hear big trumpy oh good Oh. oh yeah very uh, very cool also, also i wish they would drop the 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 p word they say it way too many times and i don't think you should in terms of in terms of lady stuff in terms of wet ass yeah okay gotcha oh yeah <laughs> no yeah <laughs> yeah they always they always, they keep calling they keep calling everyone like oh you're a or you're a i'm like okay can we stop having william yeah. zap to call these children this word definitely yeah i don't know if i did anything with you besides what we did today uh, so I think that's me. Goodbye. <laughs> Don't want to pass it off to Sam or Ben. Goodbye. To who? To who? We're good. Uh, hmm. No, Sam's not going to be on this episode. We tried to get it. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sparks. Yeah. What's in up? my defense, in my defense, I didn't eat enough pizza. Oh, that's cool. Ben, do you, you want to? Yeah, I'll, I didn't do a whole lot this week. Um, I, uh fanny and i we finished season three of legend of Korra, so we we started season four yesterday um i love season three i kind of i kind of think the, the final villain's plan isn't the best but in terms of action and characters uh season three is awesome and i'm really looking forward to see i'm really looking forward to rewatching the season four um we got to a certain part where fanny almost lost her mind because she was asking about this character the whole show the whole time we're watching it i'm like can't tell you babe it's before there can't tell you it's uh, i already know and it is cool it is cool yeah yeah and i can't talk about it because sparks hasn't seen it yet and i don't want to spoil it for him so or any of our other listeners who also haven't seen yeah it. or anyone else who also has not watched legend of Korra yet but uh, mostly sparks yeah but, but mostly, mostly yeah. i am most important yeah <laughs> i went and got i went and got my comic books this week so hooray for that and i did another uh, run to frankenstein's really really quick i went there to get two th- to get three things and i got those things uh the first one was final fantasy 12 remnant wings for the ds which was which is the direct sequel to my favorite final fantasy game well is my favorite final fantasy game of all time final fantasy 12 it's actually really what good is- i never played what? it before what is that game i've never i didn't know that that had a 12 uh, side game yeah, it's an actual, it's a direct sequel to 12. And but is, it, is it like a regular Final Fantasy or is it like a different type of game? It's a, I've, I don't know exactly what kind of, because I've never played it before. I haven't popped this in yet. Mm-hmm. But I have, I've read reviews on it. People said they liked the combat to it. They liked the fighting because it's, the combat is a little reminiscent of Final Fantasy 12, which is on the PlayStation and now on the PlayStation 4. That's what I'm asking. Is it like active combat or is it old school turn-based? I believe it's active combat, yeah. Okay. So, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to play that. And another little treasure I got was uh, Metroid: Samus Returns for the 3DS, which is a remake of Samus 2, of uh, Metroid 2: Return of Samus for the Game Boy. 
And the cool thing about that is uh, the guy had a special edition, so it came with this awesome little CD with a whole bunch of music from all the Metroid games, not just Metroid 2. But I just realized this today, and as Brandon joked, uh, alluded to earlier today, yes, I did take a picture of it and tweet it, because it also has a reversible cover of the original box art from the Game Boy game, complete with the back and the front. So I absolutely love do that more often. Yeah, I absolutely love that, and I think that's one of the coolest things. And the third thing I went there for was to get my Game Boy Advance uh, SP reshelled so make, to make it look nice because the speaker's a little uh, messed up because the guy who I bought Metroid from was selling a Super Famicom reshell of the Game Boy Advance SP. And he already sold it, so I was like, ah, darn. And then I was talking to him, I was like, hey, you know the guy who does this stuff, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, would it be cheaper to get mine reshelled and refurbished? He's like, yeah, it is. And all the parts were in stock. So soon I'll have a brand new, a brand shiny new uh, Game Boy Advance. It looks like a Super Famicom, and I can't wait. It's going to look awesome. That's dope. That's super cool. Yep. yep. So besides that, and because as Sparks alluded to a while, and I'm just going to wholeheartedly wear this tile, I am Nostalgia's bitch. Because if it has anything cool to do with old school video games, I will freaking take it. It makes and sense. I, you write for the magazine of the yeah, old school games. I do. I do. I wrote for them as well this week. Uh, link is in the description. Right, Brandon? Yes. Awesome. And oh, also, oh. also, every all the shows we put out this week. Sorry, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, Lovecraft Country. Uh, those I was are in the description below. What? You got it. I was going to bring them up. Right. You got it. They're in the description below. I never forget. Ben. Yeah. So what? what oh yeah. So one big thing I did. I was I streamed for about two and a half hours. Uh, yesterday I played Fall Guys for two and a half hours, and Mag is a trooper because he was there the entire time. Not only that, was he there? So I had finally I had said someone to talk to because the first time I streamed, there was like zero watch, zero people watching. Well, it, it, no, Brandon, you were playing with me though. It's like that at the beginning, don't worry. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But it was nice to have someone to talk to. But the cool thing is, I actually won a round. I got a crown. I was a ch- I won a uh, round of Fall Guys. What completely? And it felt awesome. <laughs> Mag was a witness to it. Yeah, he, he was a witness to it. He was. So uh, that, yeah. which is funny, because that was actually because Fall Guys is the first time I ever won a thing like that. Even when I briefly played Fortnite, and still in Tetris '99, I've never won. In Tetris, the highest I've gotten is third place. Whereas Fall Guys is the one where I actually beat all sixty competitors and got the crown. So proud. So cool, yay for that! Welcome and to the club. Think, yeah, yeah, you want to you want a crown too? We have sure we have shirts. I'll send you one in the mail. <laughs> oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah, and then Fanny and I watched Mulan, and that's that's pretty much my week. Today I just woke up, played a little Animal Crossing, and took a nap, and that nap felt great. Sparks. That was my week. Uh, thanks to the addition of school, most of my week is going to sound like the expected from you. Uh, for you, it's going to be uh, that I watch more Impractical Jokers on downtime. Um, I watched Lovecraft Country, and we talked about it for Fickner's Watch. Woo! So if you want to hear Brandon and Ryan and I discuss that, it's up. Um, I also played Fall Guys. I also played Dead by Daylight. Those are some usuals. Uh, Brandon and I both watched another episode of God of High School. Yes. Which was a very weirdly paced episode. Not bad. Just Just weird. It's very, um, it's, it's, it does a lot of heavy lifting, maybe not in the best way. Uh, it's the fourth episode in, and it, it was bizarre. 
Um, and we also watched Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which I had never seen. And I'll say, uh, is fine, good fun. Yeah. Um, it's hokey as hell. Uh, there, I do think that there is some nice value in it. Um, I think it's, uh, it's a rough watch as someone who had never seen it before, uh, living in this current moment, uh, uh is especially because, um, there's a plot point where it's like, guys, <laughs> slavery is only happening because the vampires are doing it in the South and everybody else hates it. So we just have to, <laughs> it's a very 20- to fight the yeah. South and get rid of the vampires and there won't be slavery anymore because they're the only ones who it's needed to appease. And I'm like, that's a, that's a take. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I really, I really like that movie. I think that's, a, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think it's great, but I think it's a lot of fun. I uh, saw it once and I was like, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I saw every, every time I, every time I watch it, I, ha- I have a really good time. Um, but one of the things I really like about it is that the movie goes, the movie commits to going as hard as it can. Yeah. And I think that's so cool. No, yes. I didn't rewatch it because the last time I watched it, I was on an airplane and I can't remember. The only thing I could vividly remember from a- from Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is this one vampire who lost an eye or something. I don't know if he was a vampire, but he lost an eye. He just walks out and goes, Abraham Lincoln. And then yeah. Abe pops up and kicks his ass. And then the cool fight scene on the train Buddy, over a the, bridge. That, no, so, so what happens after that is that that guy who is, yes, a vampire... Oh, okay. Grabs a grabs a horse by the legs because they're in a stampede. Grabs a horse by the legs, twists around, tosses the horse to Abraham Lincoln, who then catches the horse by the neck, hops on it, and rides it towards the villain, which culminates in Abraham Lincoln revealing that his axe is not, in fact, just an axe. It is it's also a gun. A gun. Oh, take a oh, little bit for Ruby there, are we? He did that move before Bucky Barnes did the Winter Soldier did it with the motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Lincoln's cooler than the Winter Soldier. Um, I think I think that movie is awesome. Also, I, I, also, also I remember the very end of the movie where, uh, where like the guy who be, who turned Lincoln to a vampire hunter is also talking to another guy who I presume to be President Obama. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, that dude is white. I thought it was a black guy. No, what? Oh, the uh, modern day bar at the end. Modern oh, day. Oh yeah. That's a white dude. Oh, I'm I'm must must be mis- misremembering then. Never mind. He no, doesn't just white. recruit presidents. Obama's oh, my favorite white president. <laughs> although I would have voted for Obama a third time be, if I could. Although, how cool would it be if there's a sequel, Barack Obama, Vampire Hunter? <laughs> they no. made a um the off-brand company Asylum, they made like a it was like George Washington like zombie killer or something. They did they made like yeah. a fake off-brand. Okay. Well, the same people made Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. That movie's good. That's also a, a, a no, I mean, I mean the, the author of the book. Yeah, Seth Graham Smith, yeah. yeah. I don't know if the, the same movie people made it. No. Um, yeah, uh, it, it, it is fun. It is fun in a uh, pure entertainment way. I, I do, watching it as a person in 2020 for the first time, wish it had some more nuance to it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a little cringy to watch the way they handle the topic of slavery. Yeah. Uh, and and just why the civil war is happening in general. But past that, it's good. Um, Anthony, Anthony it's very funny that. Yes, it's very funny to me that uh, the actor playing Lincoln, I couldn't pick out of a crowd, but he's surrounded by many famous people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they got him. He was cheap. 
the other things I did are I finished season one of Smash and we're about halfway into season two of Smash. That's fun still. Um, if you like musical theater or theater, there's a lot of value in watching that show. I'm not sure if there's as much value in watching it if you're not pretty interested in that stuff. Uh, but if you are, then then it's there and it's it's stupid drama, but it's, you know, fun, stupid drama um, sometimes. Uh, Megan and I rewatched all of the boys season one this week to catch up for season two. That was a lot of fun. I was really happy to revisit it because there were like just there there were details. I'm like, yes, I could go read or like check it up or hope it's in the recap. But I'd rather just rewatch it and remember what's going on in all the relationships here. Because um, a lot happens in eight episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then related to that, before we started this podcast, Ryan and I and Megan watched the first episode of the new season. Um, Spoilers, it's diabolical. It's still great. It's Yeah, it shows dope as hell. Hasn't changed at I all in any place. I've only seen the first two so far. Um, I, I need to get on that. Yes, you, you got, do. You got a week, baby. Um... And then uh, the last thing I'll talk about is I also played a Marvel game, but it wasn't that Marvel game. No. It was uh, the Marvel stuff happening on Fortnite. Oh, that's funny. I started Fortnite and I like I like got him into it and then I didn't play any Fortnite because I wanted to play Avengers instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am fully awakened with uh, Groot and She-Hulk and Thor. Uh, I have done every challenge you can do with those characters. Um, I dove into that really hard, and it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, I like. I didn't like Fortnite when I played it a long time ago because I don't. I don't like just battle royale, and I hope you've got a good weapon, otherwise the better player is going to kill you. Um, and that's kind of what the game used to be. But now there's a lot of like drop into the map and go do these things. Like you don't. You don't need to focus on shooting other people if you don't want to. You can go do a challenge. And now, because it's the Marvel season, those challenges are Marvel story-related. I couldn't find Wolverine's claws. I, I looked, and I was like, where are the claws at? And I got shot by a rocket. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that one takes a little bit. Um, but you can uh, you get to drop in, and you're doing all these things both to build up to unlocking Wolverine or to increase your character's abilities um, and things you can share between them, like carrying a little baby Groot on your back uh, or... Uh, Groot gets Rocket to pop out. Um, She-Hulk transforms. Thor summons his awakening mode where he turns all blue and lightning. As like Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk? Yeah. That's so you start as Jennifer you Walters as a lawyer. And, you, and you emote to change into She-Hulk and you can on your back you can choose to carry the the, the um, what's the name? I don't know the proper name off the top of my head but the, the weights of Justice. Oh, the, the scales, scales of justice. justice yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can you start with two gavels, two giant gavels. That's right. <laughs> your weapons, um, and uh, and so like it'll be things like drop in and uh, uh, it, pretend to be one of Doom's henchmen in his domain, or uh, go kill Doom and take his take his shit. What um, what made me buy the thing was I saw that there was a God Emperor Doom skin mm -hmm. and anything involving God Emperor Doom from Secret Wars, I will buy that. I yeah. don't care what it is. It I looks, don't care what it is. It looks really, really good. Yeah. Um, you can also do, like, TikTok dances. It's so dumb. So, like, and so the map is fully structured for all this Marvel stuff. So, like, there are positions, and you'll go back, and they'll still be there. There's a Sentinel graveyard uh, that you can go to, and and there's uh, 
there are these little floating land pieces above the map that you can uh, climb up to or land on. And they're things like a little patch of a piece from Wakanda. So it's got the big Black Panther statue and it's got music themed to that. Galactus. Or, or a gigantic doghouse with PIM technology on the side. That's like super, super big. Um, it, it, it's just a lot of fun. But the thing that really gets me about it is that good Lord, do I wish there was a Marvel game that used this kind of visual design that these characters have. They look so Because good. they look so good. They're cartoony and their in the best way. powers look so good. And I'm like, I would play the crap out of a game with this kind of visual design on the Marvel characters and this kind of attention to detail to all this Marvel stuff, the Quinjets, the Helicarrier, it all looks so good. And I'm like, why, why does this only get to be in a season of Fortnite? I yeah. want a game dedicated to this look. You know that Johnny Cates wrote the, wrote, wrote this. I'm well aware. Yeah. You, there's a comic you read in game. Yeah. There's yeah. a comic in the game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Mag says, uh, love their tribute to black Panther. Me yeah. too. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I honestly was. There's a reason, pleasantly like, surprised. Thirty million people play that game for sure. Uh, but I, I more than just like, oh, it being fun to play. Yeah. The the care taken to creating all this Marvel material is so impressive. There's a lot of um, like really really good Easter eggs and like like deep comic shit. Yes. Um, that's like there's a there's a reference to like Doctor Doom Doctor Doom when he said like like tweeting his own uh, his own horn. And like, there's a joke in there in Fortnite. I'm like, that's like a '60s Fantastic Four joke. That's crazy, you guys. Yeah. Um, they like, they don't do it just to half-ass it because they know people will buy it. Uh, so they might as well go hard. Um, yeah, it's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Um, so I'm enjoying that. I'm I'm gonna I'm pretty deep in it, so I'm just gonna keep following. Now that I'm done with the, campaign, the weekly challenges, I can I can join you. Yeah, yeah. I hope we can get you in and get you to fight Doom. I hope that challenge doesn't go away before you get to do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and I'm I'm gonna keep seeing that through because I I want to I want to fight Galactus. <laughs> I want all the characters. Oh yeah. All right. Anything else? One more thing. Um, in in uh, memoriam, I believe, uh, for Chadwick Boseman, Comicsology has every single Black Panther comic book for free. So there's no reason for you two, any of you, how's the camera work? How, in, in the chat, there are almost 300 free comic books all involving Black Panther for you to read for free that you get to own for free. Um, and even tangentially related ones like Shuri's titles. Yeah, Shuri's the Rise Agents of Wakanda, like all the tie-ins. And any comic book that has been on Comicsology that's about Black Panther is for free right now. Um, I picked up 150 free comics yesterday, so yeah, it's awesome. pretty nice. Yes. How long is this um, going on for again? Do you guys uh, know? I don't know, so do it immediately. Okay. Uh, he goes on his phone right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. There's, so a Comicsology, right? There's a Comicsology app? Yes. Yeah. Sweet. I'm sorry, Ben. Uh, They're owned by Amazon. They're doing something great for comic books and Chadwick Boseman. I'll let it slide. And also, <laughs> Jeff Bezos doesn't fully tell Comicsology what they have to do. They just Jeff yeah, Bezos thanks you for your patronage. <laughs> just he just owns. Oh, All right. Anyway, and here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear. Thank you. So real quickly, this kind of went under the radar. So if you don't hear about this. Uh, don't worry. And I, th I thought it would be sweet to talk about uh, Jim Janes passed away this week. He is a colorist who's worked for DC uh, Marvel as well. Um, but he's really known for being a colorist on Legion of Superheroes and Superman, uh, Superman family specifically. But he's probably most famous for, or, you know, as famous as a storyboard artist could be, 
for for being the storyboard artist for Robocop, Alpha Commando, Extreme Ghostbusters, the Karate Kid animated series, and the 87 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. So he passed away this week. Uh, no age. I couldn't find how old this guy was because, you know, he's not in the public eye. Um, and I couldn't find a cause of death, but. Wait, there's no cause of death or age? I couldn't find an age. Obviously, he does have an age. That's so weird. Like, Isn't it? Is it like an obituary? <clears throat> I don't know. Apparently, apparently there's no... like Because he worked in like the 60s and 70s. Between 60 and 90. Probably between 60 and 90. All right, that's anyway. True. Speaking of... Uh... No, that's a bad segue. Anyway, DC Comics is a new... Um... Senior Vice President and General Manager. Oh yeah, those those rumors are true, baby. Those rumors did end up being true. Daniel yep. Cherry has been named Vice President, Senior Vice President and General Manager of DC Comics. This is a new position created for him specifically. Um, he's coming from Activision Blizzard Esports. Uh, that's where he's from. Um, he will now take over business affairs, business affairs editorial, talent services, marketing, sales, uh, brand and direct to consumer, along with overseeing business development. So he's been charged. That, that seems like a lot of responsibility. No offense to a man who managed teenagers playing video games. Yeah. Um, he will report directly to Pam Lifford. Warner Brothers Global Brands and Executive and Experience President. Um, the reason why AT&T or Warner Media are doing this, they say, is to allow Jim Lee to take on more DC brand responsibilities. Um, Lee will bring, this is what they say. I, I, I really like what they say. Lee will bring his unmatched creativity, passion, uh, and innate knowledge of DC characters and canon to the company's efforts to evolve the brand and create relevance for new audiences around the world. Um, that <laughs> that sounds like he'll handle creative stuff and don't touch the money, Jim. <laughs> He's in the box. What's in the box, Emma? What's in the box? What's in the box? Sorry, I had to get another bottle of water, so I needed to stall myself. Oh my god! <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, so that that's fun. Is it? Is it fun? Sorry, <laughs> trying to get this open. Um, look, it, it, I don't know what's going on in DC, and I hope that that this doesn't mean that like, well, maybe I don't want Jim Lee to be publisher, but like, you know, maybe comics people run the comics. Sure, I get that. Warner well, Media is not having a good week. Well, yeah, when you're when your your dad's a, a tech daddy, um, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Yep. All right. Stop me if you've heard this one. Four kids walk into a bank. Sorry, that's the name that's of a comic, comic book. That's comic I've read. Uh, Four Kids Walk Into a Bank is a comic book limited series that came out from... Um, Matthew Rosenberg. Matthew Rosenberg uh, and uh, uh, Tyler Boss. I don't know why I put that so far down. Um, Picture, Picture Start uh, has secured the rights to adapt the comic book miniseries. Uh, if you haven't heard of them, it's fine. They're kind of new. They were started by um, uh, Eric Fagg who was the co-president of Lionsgate. They're working with Lionsgate to do this and Naruto and Borderlands. Naruto? What? Yeah, Naruto? I saw that in the article. I was like, there's a Naruto live-action film coming? 
no. I feel like they've been working on that for like eight years. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, Matt Pizzolo will produce the film. He runs Four Kids Walk Into a ba- uh, Black Mask, who published Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, we're, having, we're having cat issues. Hold on. It's okay. No. I mean, like, keep talking, but just be aware that we're, we're a little distracted uh, here. Here. Yeah. The writer, the writer will not be Matthew Rosenberg. It will, in fact, be Matthew Robinson, who will write the screenplay. Uh, he's most known for Dora: The Lost City of Gold and the upcoming sequel to Edge of Tomorrow. Wow! Wow, those are literally two different things. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about range. Um, yo, that comic's dope. Like that's that's what put Matthew Rosenberg at, at Marvel and made him like the X Men writer before Hickman. Um, for sure. Uh, it's a dope book. It's gonna definitely be a book club soon. Um, I could have swore he maybe this was a while ago that he said he was writing the script. Now that could just be my memory being bad, but I remember him going like, "Yeah, and I'm also writing it." So maybe that's no longer the case. Um, I don't know, but man, it's still cool that people will see this on the big screen. Um, and do you guys want to talk about how Berserker launched a Kickstarter campaign? Oh, geez, Louise! <laughs> don't we have to? Yeah, well, it's on here. We don't have to. We can skip it if you want. Why wouldn't we talk about it? He he just said, "Do we have to?" I just said, "No." No, I said, "Don't we have to?" Yeah. Like, as, right. of course we should. Well, that's basically it. The new Keanu Reeves, Matt Kent book coming from Boom Studios has launched a Kickstarter campaign. Not to fund it. They're very clear to say, "Like, we're not funding the comic. We're we're doing this to reach a wider distribution through Kickstarter." Hmm. So. Keanu Reeves has an estimated net worth of like $360 million or whatever. That's not that much money. That's fine. Um, Boom Studios. It's Boom, right? Boom Studios? Yep. Okay. Boom Studios is not the smallest independent the, the uh, publisher. Uh, they're not the biggest, but they're not smallest. Um, I understand like Scott Snyder like going a Kickstarter and like doing his own thing. Uh, this, this, I don't understand this because this sets one a bad precedent and it also uh severely hurts and like uh uh just messes with low low independent people trying to be on kickstarter because this comic has raised like three hundred thousand dollars of money that it did not need this is a keanu reeves like boom published like boom puts out like isn't our book club from boom or something um like this this just is so gross um and it's not like keanu reeves has anything to do with it um he's just like Hey, I'm helping put my name in the story. Right. That's a good Keanu impression. Um, I, <laughs> I, good. I, think this, I think this is just really gross. And like, I don't know how much more distribution your comic needs than the comic shops and the bookshops that would already go. Like, where are you going to put it? Like in the, in the mailbox of every American? Like, I don't, I don't, I think this is kind of gross. I'm being, this, that's what I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I get you. I, I agree. Cause Keanu Reeves like we knew like when we heard this book was coming out and Keanu's name was going to be on it people were going to flock to it it's Keanu Reeves even though he's just like an idea guy and the other um the other guys whose name I totally forgot is just writing the he's the one writing it well so I want so my, my question is just like they're talking about the fact that it's to reach a wider distribution and you do get like Kickstarter official stuff like a, a, a Kickstarter graphic novels for the graphic novels only I'm pretty sure, real quick, the lowest tier, you don't get anything. It's just, this This is a... They you call, believe in it. They call it a support tier. It's like, you believe in the product. Here's 10 bucks. You're not getting anything from it. Bullshit. Oh, that, that's... that's you. That's hey, that. instead of doing that, $5 Patreon, Victor Podcast. 
$25, Keanu Reeves, ship in a bottle. <laughs> I'll, put Keanu Reeves, I'll put a Keanu Reeves sticker on a ship in a bottle and send it out. <laughs> no, what we have to do is find a tiny little Keanu Reeves sticker and put that Keanu Reeves sticker at the helm of the ship in the bottle. Right. Uh, right. So anyway, uh, like, like it's just for the graphic novels. So where do you think you want to, uh, where else you want to put it? It's going to go to Barnes and Noble. It's going to go to Amazon. It's going to go to, these are the graphic novels. What is Kickstarter going to do that Diamond isn't already doing? Um, so again, this, a lot of things I'm going to say, they're like, they're hearsay and they're like just people on Twitter or whatever, but apparently Boom is not the best, the best place to be an independent like if you're just a dude on your own boom's not the place you want to go to like it's aftershock or vault or image um now that's just people who you know who might just have bad experiences whatever but like everything i've heard from boom is like their business practices aren't the best and this just seems like a way to get a lot of money because again like this this book doesn't need help this has keanu reese's name on it that sells the book Mm -hmm. alone we were all gonna probably buy this book right like it's 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 it just seems really gross and again there's like how many Kickstarter? How many comic book Kickstarters are there right now? Where like this is on the front page, and there's thousands of poor comic book creators who don't get seen because Keanu's on the front page. Right. Yeah. It's it's it just it's really shady. You know, Ryan. We know someone who works at Boom. We, we did she work at the comic shop? Yes. Okay, then yes, I do too. <laughs> I'm like, let's, does she still work there? Cool. Let's get her on the show and ask her. Oh my God, no! Yeah, because that's a question <laughs> she'll be able to answer. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and. I know she's out of control. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah. The new Zack Snyder film, Army of the Dead, not Justice League, Army of the Dead. So it's the film he's doing for Netflix. It's the zombie heist one we've been talking about, hearing about recently with uh, Tig Notaro added. Heck yeah! Yep. Um. They have announced Netflix has that they are that they have greenlit both an untitled prequel movie and Army of the Dead Lost Vegas in a a, a anime series. Um, lofty, okay, that. So Shay Hatton will write both of them. He's relatively new. You may have seen his movies: John Wick Chapter Four, Three. <laughs> Um, I was gonna say no, I haven't. <laughs> I've definitely seen John Wick Chapter Three. John Wick Chapter Three. He is also writing John Wick Chapter Four and the upcoming Ballerina series. Um, he all he is the writer of Army of the Dead, also. Cool. Uh, so he's writing both the prequel movie and the series. Um, Matthew Schweighofer, who is one of the actors in the Army of the Dead movie, uh, will direct and star in this as his character for Army of the Dead. Uh, Army of the Dead Las Vegas uh, will chronicle the origin story of Dave Bautista's character from Snyder's Army of the Dead, tracing his and his rescue crew's activities during the initial fall of Vegas as they confront the mysterious source of the zombie outbreak. Alongside Bautista, Ana de la Reguera, Tig Notaro, Omari Hardwick, and Ella Purnell will be reprising their upcoming roles for the anime series. Interesting. Um, Zack Snyder will direct two episodes of it with Jay Olivia, who will also direct another two. That's one of the DC head honcho animator guys. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, I like Zack Snyder when he does animation, so I'm stoked about him directing that. Yeah. Um, I the only I have no problem with this at all, uh, other than it sounds a little like 
counting your eggs before they've hatched. Yeah, you're. Uh, they they seem just a little bit over eager to me, but maybe they have a lot of good reason to be, and that's fine. Yeah, maybe, yeah. like maybe our, our what's it called? Army of the Dark. Army yeah. of the Dead. Army, Army of the Dead. Dead. Army of the maybe like it's like oh yo we got a winner and like if we can if we could squeeze a little bit more out of this why not? Um, it makes me think of like Train to Busan, which also has an animated thing yeah. and, and another movie. Um, like they just want to be the American Train to Busan. But Train that's to Busan cool. didn't announce it before Train it's to Busan true. came out. That's the part that that's the only part that really gets me about it. Is I'm like, this seems really early to go for this. But I mean, if if it's good and they had announced it like right around its release or after, I would have been like, cool. Dope. I'm curious if 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 it, if they're not just going to be regular to slow zombies. I wonder. I'm almost curious if it's like almost like a Left 4 Dead thing. Because, like, why would you make a prequel about all these characters if it's just, like, a boring zombie slow? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, like, there's enough characters. I can't stuff. even see... No offense to him. No, no, yeah. no, Genuinely. No offense to Zack Snyder. I just can't see him, like, working well with the uh, uh, slow-paced zombies. Yeah. That's not his 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 yeah. mo i'm just because like we haven't really i mean we have a few times but not really seen like like bloaters or tanks like you know like yeah. like zombie zombie um like uh, uh mutations and it's, i i would love to see something like that I've, I've been expecting that this will be some elaboration on his dawn of the dead yeah faster zombies they have three legs well because his, his dawn of the dead was the the first to yeah. do the fast zombies it's true all of it if i recall correctly yeah um either way they're already dead yeah. Oh, it's true. <laughs> we um, all are. All right. So many pictures. Oh, hold on, real quick. Inside. I, I just I scrolled through the news. You don't have the stuff about Warner Brothers and Ray Fisher this week, correct? No, I do okay. not. Do we want to touch on that? We no. haven't yet. No. Why? Why start now? I guess. Jesus. I mean, if you if you if you want to, we could. Uh, uh, I I've always wanted. To. My. My thing is, uh, hello, Solo Wookie. Hi, Solo Wookie. We've alluded to the allegations about Jeff Johns and everything. We haven't talked about specifically as a news item. Um, But I have to say, after what Ray Fisher has been talking about and posting about with Warner Media's statement, I'm disappointed in Warner Media. For coming out the way they did. Oh, uh, are you kidding me? Of course. Yeah. Uh, now that now that Ray Fisher is making it really clear, like, yo, I can't even I can't even believe they did this. They have no idea the receipts of of conversations and information I have. Uh, this was a mistake, and I'm like, yeah, I bet, I bet it probably was. This sucks. Um, I it's unfortunate know. that this is how it's going. Yeah, I don't. Um, I just, I am really happy that, um, not just him, but also John Boyoga, um, have been coming out and saying, yo, the way that these studios have treated me is a piece of shit. And I'm going to talk about it because we need to talk about it. And I agree. I'm going to deal with this cat again. (laughs) It's, it's not great guys. I don't know why she's deciding to do this now. Uh, I, I read, I read John Boyega's. Sorry, go ahead. I really like John Boyega's thing. Yes, I thought John Boyega made a pretty good and powerful statement. I think uh, Ray Fisher, I I'm eager now that Ray Fisher has said that Warner Media did this. He's like, I'm going to start saying things in public I was going to hold back on, but now I'm now I'm going to start being really upfront about this. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad because that's what I've wanted him to do, realistically. Uh, yeah. And uh, I know I know you're a fan of of the Jeff Johns Brandon, um, but like like this week was like. 
they even tried to like throw like the other producers under the bus and save Jeff Johns. And Ray Fisher was like, no, no, he's just as culpable as anyone else's. So um, I, I just, I appreciate him week after week continuing the fight after just getting the worst messages you could possibly get on Twitter. Uh, oh my gosh. I respect yeah. you. Um, being a fan of, of a writer does not mean I don't want accountability. No, yeah, I know. No. I know. I know. It's mm-hmm. a, I and, think, and I honestly, think we should and, talk about this. And, and let's be honest, like, I, I don't have a reason to be a big, like, I'm not a fan of Ray Fisher. Uh, I don't like his cyborg. I don't think he's particularly talented in the things I've seen him in, but I don't think that uh, he should be treated the way that he's talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so if that happened, I do want him to be able to speak out about it. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, Brandon and I kind of talked about the Warner media thing after they made the statement, but Ray Fisher hadn't responded. And we were like, Oh, this looks like, geez, what is happening? And then Ray Fisher responded. I'm like, Oh man, this is about to blow up. I hope, I hope it does. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, uh, more, more to the point of why I want to talk about it is I'm just Warner media is making some interesting missteps in my opinion right now. We've talked about it with some of the DC comic stuff. And now with this Ray Fisher situation, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Just after DC fandom. Yeah, yeah. Well, another DC fandom is coming up, and you know, uh, Warner Brothers is no stranger to a massive controversy before a, a major yeah. event. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Feels um, like something we can't stop doing. Yeah. Uh, are you good? Did you have anything else you wanted to say before we? No, I just wanted to address it in that manner. Um, I'm going to help Brian real quick because this. I think I figured it out. I'm good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, the three-body problem. Uh, did you guys ever want to know what D.B. Uh, Wise and uh, David Benioff are doing next? Yeah, Confederate. No. <laughs> uh, no, they are, in fact, doing an adaptation of the book trilogy, The Three-Body Problem, um, with Ryan Johnson. That was the big news, as they teamed up with Ryan Johnson. Mm. As mm. well as Alexander Wu, who has been a director on True Blood and the, ter- and the showrunner of The Terror Infamy. Okay. Um, he will write the series and executive produce the series with Benny F. and Weiss, whereas Ryan Johnson and his producing partner Ram Bergman will just be executive producers. Oh, so he's not involved at all then? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. They had um, a friendly conversation at Lucasfilm for a moment. Yeah. Um, Lou. Okay, Lou Sixon, who is the author of the book, is a is a consulting producer. Cool. And uh, Ken Liu, who actually wrote the English translation of the book, is also a consulting producer. This is what the first book's about. We don't know what the series is about, but this is what the first book's about. Just to kind of give you an idea of what this is. Uh, the first book in the trilogy tells the story of humanity's first contact with an alien civilization, portraying a vision of the future that sees all of humanity vulnerable to the same external threat and, address, and addresses uh, how this both unifies and divides humans. Sounds all right. Um, the one thing that I saw was um, some people were like, so they're getting the guys from Game of Thrones who don't believe in themes to get a to, to adapt a book that's literally all about themes. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, they're starting another uh, book series that's not finished yet. That's going to end well. I'm sure it's going to be fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's finished. I think it's just three. Oh, because you said like you said like we know what the first one is. We don't know what the whole series is about. I oh I no, we that. don't know what the television series is about, but we know what the first book oh, is about. Got it. Okay, gotcha. That was the first book. Okay, um, Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel characters. We always uh, Some... 
Always uh, jump for joy whenever we hear that moniker. <laughs> um, supposedly, Deadline reports that Sony is uh, developing a Marvel, a series of Marvel TV shows for Amazon. The first series is going to be about Silk, who we actually heard was getting a movie a little while back. Cindy Moon. Silk is, of course, Cindy Moon. The showrunner of the show will be Lauren Moon, who is also an Asian American. Um, and that's pretty much all we know. Uh, there's been no com. There's been no comment from Amazon or anybody involved in the production, like Pascal or Lauren Moon. So these will be the shows that are head are headed by um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Oh, well, I'm I'm just glad they're they're still the Spidey people. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, Silk's a a relatively new character. Um, from when this when this there are a lot of Silk fans online, but it's not because of her original introduction in in spider-man it's from her solo series because apparently uh uh i've only read the stuff that's not silk so um apparently the stuff with her in those books is like it's kind of gross and whatever and like when her and peter are near each other they they have such crazy pheromones they just have to constantly have sex with each other yeah. and that's that's what you like with your female characters they're just sex objects so apparently the the solo silk series which was written by a woman is awesome and it actually really uh explores that character and who she is on her own and stuff so like uh, there's definitely a big audience for that. I hope it's that, and I hope it's not that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because that that is some gross, gross shit. <laughs> Cindy Moon's in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Fun fact. Is she unnamed? She's the she's the Asian American girl in in the bus. Oh, so she's unnamed, but but that's that. Oh, her. sorry. The credits say Cindy Moon, but she doesn't have a name in the movie. Okay. Uh, all right. Primal has been renewed for a second season. Cool. Uh, this is the Gendy Tartakovsky series. Um, it's going to get another 10 episodes. The last five episodes of season one have a date of October 4th now. So they'll drop uh, five weeks then. That's still going to be on Adult Swim, right? Yeah. yeah. And then HBO Max. Nice. Excellent. I'm glad that shows. Did you hear the statement that uh, uh, Tommy from Toonami or like what Toonami and Adult Swim put out? Yeah. Good on Hell them, yeah. right? Tommy. That, that's Tom. his name. It's Tom. Tom. Oh, it's Tom. Damn it. Excuse Tommy. me. His friends call him Tommy. I got you, Ben. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> you guys remember? You guys remember those short films? Those little short films they used to do. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever they would upgrade him. Man, I remember when they took Toonami away and then they brought it back, and I'm like, Toonami's back? What? I didn't know it was gone. Hot take. Tom on Toonami is the TCM announcer for all your anime and Adult Swim content. 100%. I, like I, don't, I don't know the TCM. So on Turner Classic <laughs> Movies, you get a guy who comes out and he gets yeah. you for the movie because he talks about the history of it and all that kind of stuff. And Tom did that for anime. Yeah, he did. Oh, so, okay. Old Tom. Uh, favorite, favorite Tom, go. Um, classic. Classic? Gen 2. Uh, I don't get me wrong, his Gen 2 upgrade is, is slick, but I grew up with classic Tom, so. Tom Taylor or Tom King? Uh, <laughs> oh, I got a better one. Tom the Cat from Tom and Jerry. <clears throat> Tom and Hold Jerry. On. Wait, Tom King is the one currently writing Deceased, right? Yes. And right. yes, and Tom Taylor, yeah, he's he has that famous Batman run, yes. Yep, yep. No, I know man. you They don't, though. <laughs> All right. Ugh. Star Trek Discovery news. We haven't talked about Star Trek Discovery uh, since I stopped watching it because the season <laughs> ended. Uh, but I thought this was really cool. So Star Trek Discovery season three. 
uh, has two new cast members uh, joining the regular crew with Blue Del Barrio uh, as Adira, Star Trek's first non-binary character, and Ian Alexander as Gray, as Star Trek's first transgender character. Nice. Good job, Star Trek. I think that is so cool. Uh, New Star Trek has been doing a killer job with diversity. As as it it should be, which is the whole point of that show. Uh, And I think that's really great. That that is one thing that, you know, like like or dislike New Star Trek, that is the one thing you can't take away, that they're just nailing the diversity. I, 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 that's so crazy because like again like since its inception it's been all about like being diverse but because yeah, wasn't that the point of star trek in the first place when gene ronberry first created the show is like i want this to be diverse all cultures are hanging out together that's yeah. why you had an african-american well, woman but the, the, oh, no the problem guy. the problem is though ben is that even then you couldn't get over the fact that you know there's not gonna be a transgender character on star trek the original series or even the next yeah. generation there's not gonna be a non-binary Despite yeah. the qualities of Star Trek being very next level, the people behind them were still regular people in the 60s who had bad ideas. Not yeah. even necessarily the show writers, but the corporation. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah Something yeah. like Star Trek that they should have been the first show ever to have these mm-hmm. tap non-binary and transgender people. It's only taking them 50 years later to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's great that it's happening. But like, man, Star Trek, you were the show. You're supposed to be doing that since the beginning. So, I see where you're going with now. Yeah. So uh, Adira the non-binary character uh, is highly intelligent with a confidence of uh, and self-assurance well beyond their years. They will find a new home on the USS discovery uh, and form an unexpected bond with Lieutenant commander, Paul Stamets and Dr. Hugh Colbert. They're the, they're the gay couple on the ship. Um, Ian Alexander is gray. The transgender character is empathetic, warm and eager to fulfill his lifelong dream of being a trill host. Uh, but he will have to adapt uh, when his life takes an unexpected turn. I'm excited to see the trill again. I remember them from something I watched. Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. Uh, do you know which uh, which characters? Hold on, wait. Uh, the original cast from Star Trek had a couple of gay characters. Uh, I know that some of the cast were in the closet gay, but I don't actually think there was any gay characters in the show. I... Uh... It's been a long time since I watched that show, so I don't remember. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's been a while for me, but I, I don't think any of the cast was... No. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, this is cool. I'm excited for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. I liked season two of Discovery, and I'm excited for season three, so I'll, I'll let you know how it is. Good. All right, Ben, this is your thing. You put this on here. Yes, uh, I did. Super is Mario... Oh. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Super Mario Bros. 35th Anniversary... Direct. Mm-hmm. Nintendo yeah. Direct happened. Yeah, Nintendo had a uh, Direct on a Thursday for Super Mar- for 35 years of Super Mario because this is the year Mario came out in, way back in 1985 on the original NES, so they had quite a few announcements. Um, the ones I put on here are like the really big ones that I think a lot of people are going to are more for, such as the Wii U game uh, Super Mario 3D World is getting ported to the Switch, and it's also including a game called Bowser's Fury, which I actually don't know anything about, funny enough. I don't... I, was that originally thing that came out? Well, the Wii, um, the Wii U... Actually, no, Super Mario 3D World was originally for the 3DS, and then it yeah. came out on the Wii U to add yeah. multiplayer, and now it's coming to the Nintendo Switch. It's going to no, happen January 21st. I meant Bowser's Fury. Like, yeah, I, I, my, don't, I think that might be a new thing. My I impression is Bowser's Fury is new as well. 
Yeah, I, I think Bowser's Fury is new as well. So, Which hey, is- we're getting an old game with a brand new one. So, cool. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also... Um, uh, exactly. Super Mario Bros. 35, which is going to be a digital-only title. It's going to be for free if you have a Nintendo Switch Online uh, subscription, like I do. Essentially, it's Tetris 99, but Super Mario Bros. So you're playing through the original game of Super Mario Bros., and you're fighting 35, uh, 34 other players to try to be the first one. I think that's kind of fun. I love Tetris yeah. 99. Such and- a, an odd, cool thing that, like this, yeah. like the the Tetris 99, like this battle royale thing is just coming to regular games because yeah. it really works for tetris and like looking at the mm-hmm. mario one it's like everyone starts one one the same but like mm-hmm. like the further people get in the more like blocks you hit like you start messing with other people and yeah, like, you, the, yeah, you're, cool. you you beat your enemies and you send them to other players yeah, yeah. Um, like if you stop on a goomba a goomba's gonna pop up on another guy's screen somewhere real quickly uh, in the chat uh k titus has cast about the star trek character being uh gay and solo wookie said um Yes, the super awesome Oriental dude, also known as Sulu. Oh yeah, got it. Hikaru Sulu. Yeah. George Hikaru Sulu. Captain yeah. Hikaru Sulu. Captain, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Well, here's the weird thing because Super Mario Bros. Thirty-five, and there, there's this is actually going to be a theme later on. It's going to be available on October first, but will only be available until for digital down for digital download until March thirty-first, twenty twenty-one. This is some bullshit Disney Vault shit. Oh, yeah. so up, I'm gonna bring that up uh, later. Now, this one got me really, it got me kind of hyped, but at the same time curious, and I really want to know how it works out. But I think this is really freaking rad, and it's Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. None yeah. of us can play this game. No, no, no. None of us can. None of us can. We're not rich white people with enough floor space for this. No, we don't. And I live with four other. Well, I live with three other people, so there's no way. And most of my flo- and most of my uh room has carpet in it so i don't know how well it's gonna go but how cool this is that you have a mario kart rc with a camera attached to it and the camera sends what you can see to your nintendo switch you create so you create a track by going through uh, four gates like you make your own track and there's another luigi one so if someone else in your house has another nintendo switch that you can play two-player racing with computer players through your own house i think the idea is, is awesome I don't know how the technology works. Um, it's, it's, I don't know how well it's, it's going to be received. It's very easy. It's like they you buy the game and it comes with four gates and you just yeah. put the gates up and you just no, go. I mean, I mean, I don't know how well the reception is going to work from the RC car to the Switch. Oh, right. I'm sure it's it's probably going to be fine. I'm pretty sure they're working really – I'm sure they're doing some crazy shit to it. But, yeah, you're right. If you don't have a big enough house or, a, or enough floor space for it, this is kind of mook. It's kind of nothing, or, or it's or it's covered in carpet, and, carpet. and as cool as an idea it seems, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it'll get old much quicker than is worth the money you would spend for it. Yeah, like uh, like y- you can create your own courses in your house. Cool, is your house that cool? You want to race in it a bunch, yeah. or do you just want to race I mean, in the colorful? I mean, I remember being like five years old and playing with the same thing forever. So like, I, I no, 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 for like, sure, for sure, I. I I just don't know, like... Uh, do you have to seriously have a lot of floor space? Because yeah. otherwise, like, you're going to be doing the same track over and over again. Or, like, yeah. again, if you go outside, it's, like, it's all grass or gravel. And I'm sure that that cart isn't going to be super sustainable on there. Yeah. Or if you, even if you go to a park or something. But I know, like, this is definitely more aimed to, like, kids. Obviously, because I feel... Because I remember when I was a kid, I had, like, these little... There was, this, it was all the rage back when I was in, like, elementary school. There was like, these little tiny RC cars you could get for 10 bucks. 
that they charge on the controller. My brother and I were racing them. And at one point, we tried to create a track and play real-life Mario Kart. But um, I think this is – I really hope that the, – like, if the RC car does work well on carpet, then cool. But we have no idea. I'm going to definitely wait for this comes out. I'm probably not going to get it at all. But if it's well-received, then I think this is a win for Nintendo because yeah. I can definitely see the appeal for this. But I don't have like we like we said before. I don't have the floor space, and I don't think I want to drop the money on it just yet. The the the, the last thing on it is I, as far as I can tell, there's not like a a full game with it. Like the game is you using the RC car. Yeah, the right. game is you using the RC car with Mario or Luigi. Yeah, you can't buy it to play like Mario Kart Seven. No. Like right. there's not a game you can play. You have to use the RC car. So like yeah, we, I'm never buying this game. Right. No. So, I, so like that's that's the whole thing is that like when they announced it, I I was disappointed because I was really hoping that there'd be a Mario Kart announcement. I didn't need it to be a brand new Mario Kart necessarily, but mm-hmm. something uh, new for the like like bringing back the old game maps or yeah. bringing back access to the older versions of Mario Kart is something I'd rather see on Switch at this point mm-hmm. uh, than this. Like if there's a the DLC pack came out for Mario Kart 8 saying like hey, 10 bucks, you get a bunch of old uh, tracks for Mario Kart 8. I'll, I'll put that money down. No problem. Easy. Yeah. Easy. easy. Per- so, personally, if, if there was a dud in this Nintendo Direct, it was the Mario Kart Live. Yeah. Mario Kart Live. So it's not a win for Nintendo then, as I put in the bottom. It's a win for Nintendo. <laughs> uh, well, the rest of it is, just not this one. Nine yeah. wins out of ten. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the big thing of the... I even wrote the thing, the crown jewel of the Direct is the announcement of Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which the collection includes Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy from the N64, GameCube, and Nintendo Wii. But not Galaxy 2. Right, not Galaxy 2, which a lot of people are really pissed off about that. Arguably the better game, too. Yes. Mm. Fully agree. I thought that was really stupid so when we talked about this like a month ago when like the rumor yeah. hit um there were some truth to the rumors but we heard that like they were like remaking mario 64 like yes. like out of the clause like yo this is going to be like a 2020 game in mario 64 um mm-hmm. that got me hyped yes and then they just hey guess what it's just it's mario 64 it's, it just looks slightly better it's just slightly yeah. upgraded. it's so slightly like, sharper it's not as blocky it's not what they did with crash bandicoot the insane trilogy and yeah. i'm actually just when yeah, which actually, I, when the news hit, I was actually scrolling through Twitter, and a lot of people I saw were actually kind of mad about it. And they're also, and that's so we'll get into that a little bit. But another thing is, it comes Mario 3D All Stars comes out in like two weeks. It comes out on September 18th, both physical and digital. But once again, like Ryan mentioned earlier, they're pulling off some Disney Vault shit, and they're gonna only have it available for a limited time. And they're pulling it both on the East Shop and physical copies until March 31st to 2021, which I, I, I would do that. Why would you do that? I don't know. And here's the thing. So the one saving grace I will give Nintendo is that they put super Mario all-stars, the original SNES game, which essentially is like an HD upgrade or 16 bit upgrade to the original three Mario games, plus the lost levels. But that's only if you have an online subscription. However, Ben, hold on. Stop. From the Nintendo Direct video, the you're you're rushing through it. The the Super Mario All Stars, the first four, look like they've been they have been readdressed. Not like to be modernized, yeah. but they're like mm-hmm. now they have new color palettes. They're, oh, no, they're newly visualized. Yeah, well, because that, that game, because that was what they did when that game came out back in the early '90s. Yes, and that's uh, sought and that's a highly sought after uh, collector's item. 
both the original SNES cart and the Nintendo Wii version that came out for Mario's 25th anniversary. So that right. is now more widely available if you have a Nintendo Switch thing or Nintendo Switch Online, so you can play that easy peasy, no problem. Yes, uh, they did HD restoration on it, is my mm -hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. whereas with um, 3D All-Stars, not so much. And, and it's, of course, Nintendo will charge you $60 for three old-ass games that aren't that don't look markably that much better. They look better, but like I'm not paying. I'm not paying sixty dollars for Mario Sunshine. Again. More than more than anything, That's the crazy. only reason you want them is to be able to play them. Yeah, and yeah. like, and actually, I already did. I already yeah, did. I, I, I have Mario of all like the franchises is probably the one I've played the most because like those games are just so fun. Like Galaxy is such a good game. Like I would love mm -hmm. to play Galaxy again. I'd also really like Galaxy too. Right. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. The same. Uh, yeah. I. I'm like Ben. I also. I also made sure to get my copy now because of that limited time window. It made yeah. me do. It. Yeah. Um, which I think is absolutely stupid. Uh, well, but but I. I if, hold on. If, okay. Ben. Yeah. Finish. Okay. I, I did it because more than anything, I'm like, I, I definitely still want to be able to play Galaxy. I have never played 64, so I'm like, well, I'd like access to that, and I'd like to go back to Sunshine. I am really, really hoping they fix the bugs in Sunshine at least. Because there are some buggy gameplay controls that happen in Sunshine. If those are fixed, I'm pleased. Pleased mm -hmm. this much, yeah. honestly. As long as that's the case, if I can play it smoothly the way it should have been played, great. Because yeah. I, yeah. I had some angry times playing Sunshine because <laughs> Like um, there's a lot of camera mechanics that were a problem and i'm hoping that maybe those got addressed but I, I, but i'm not banking on honestly, it honestly it doesn't look like from everything i've seen like in the reactions online like they did not put the work that they should have nope, considering so. how often we are getting these remakes and remasters or even like the even like the remasters which are just hd upgrades like there it's a serious upgrade um mm -hmm. this just looks like yo we we like we like smudged some of the the, the edges off I'm like yeah. hey, it still looks like, like an s four game like comparing this to crash bandicoot all three crash bandicoot games hd upgrade they look great they also added new modes they added new levels they added online features so you can have uh, online leaderboards whereas this one is just the games just look a little bit better yeah, and, yeah i I also, because of that limited availability, I still have nightmares from when the NES Classic came out, and that was a limited time. Scalpers came out. People on Twitter were even talking about how when Super Mario All-Stars for the Wii was released, the Nintendo said, this is only for a little while, it's only for a hot, hot second, then we're not going to print it out. Scalpers were everywhere. They were price gouging the games, and they, had to re they eventually reprinted them. Scalpers so, are already doing the same with this one. Yeah. Yeah, so of course, the next, I mean... Part of me feels like Nintendo somewhat learned a lesson because I went to GameStop the next day, pre-ordered, had no issues. A few game stores I follow online have put up notices saying we're having pre-orders for Super Mario 3D All-Stars. As of now, I don't think anyone has sold out or stopped their pre-orders. So they might be making enough copies, which is good because I want a physical copy. Yeah. But still, that whole only available until the 21st, that is dumb. Yeah, and it's, it's if this was the first time they would ever do this and like i guess i i'd be more mad like i i don't like it already because like i don't want to have to feel obligated to buy a game i never should have to feel that way um but it's not the first time i've done this so like yeah. i guess whatever that i i i've never played sunshine i've never played 64 and i've only played like two hours of galaxy that's so crazy to me <sighs> don't get me started you, you i'm not you're... gonna get me started yeah i don't well, know just the fact that i'm able to play these games now I'm excited for it because I've never played these like I never played 64, which is a classic, which is a people say it was one of the best Nintendo games ever made. 
Which one? 64? Oh, uh, yeah, Super Mario 64. Yeah, Super Mario 64 is, is probably the greatest game ever made. Like, yeah. just, like, what it did for, for platforming, what it did for, mm-hmm. for gameplay, like, man, that game is, man, that game, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and to finally play Sunshine, which I hear people really like, I was like, cool, I'm down. And to get back into Galaxy and to see what how you have two Joy-Cons to help with the motion controls on the Wiimote, I'm like, okay, it looks like they're doing something for Galaxy. That's cool. Oh, yeah, the but, Wiimote. I wonder how we're going to do that shit on Galaxy. Yeah, for Galaxy, you just have your Joy-Cons. Um, you just have your Joy-Cons in both hands. It, you can't really play with the controller, which sucks. I don't like Joy-Cons. They're too tiny. I got big boys. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so there is some problems. Not but about the size, Ryan. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, there are some issues. I mean, Nintendo hasn't released a whole lot of stuff. Who knows when we get the game? There might be more cool stuff added. There might not be, but they're coming out with it. And call me a shill, but I have my pre-order. It's fully paid for. And the second the 18 comes out, I'm gonna get it. And then I have a week off from work, and I'm gonna devote that week to being Super Mario 64. I've never played it. I've never beaten it, it. So I'm gonna do it that week. Beating the whole thing. I I can't. I don't have stuff. Connected to my Switch <laughs> or to my computer. Oh, you, oh yeah. It's only my PS4 that can do that. Oh, that's right. You need a capture card. Um, I like that they've done some of this, uh, but overall, I find myself disappointed by yeah. the the news for celebrating Mario's anniversary, especially with the rumors having hyped people so. Uh, I mean, because so 35 is clearly the the best one. Like, but that's the anniversary. It's not 20 or 25. It's 35. That's the real winner. Well, even every five years, I feel like they should do something good, big for an anniversary. But, I mean, looking back, because Zelda, their anniversary is next year. That's 35. And same as Metroid. Metroid and Zelda share a yearly anniversary. But I, I'm willing to bet down money that they're going to put Metroid. They're going to sweep Metroid under the rug unless they tell us something more about Metroid Prime 4. So, bad news, Ben, I don't think Metroid Prime 4 is coming out next year. But Breath of the Wild 2 is probably coming out next year. All right. I forget how Solo Wookie says, I forget how young you guys are till I hear stuff like that. Uh, like, never played 64. I'm only 64 <laughs> when you were a kid. I'm only 16, Solo Wookie. It's crazy that I have a nose ring and life experience and sadness. I played, uh, I played the 64 back in the day. I Castlevania 64 was my first Castlevania game, and that game's bad as hell. So, like, that left that, that never made me want to play a Castlevania game for years until, until I, like, I was willing to fight so hard to get N64 when I found out about Pokemon Stadium. And when I finally did get it, I played Pokemon Stadium so much. Never got, the, never got the chapter pack, though. But someday I will own N64 again, and my collection will be restored because my N64 and my entire game collection got lost. And it hurts because I freaking love that system. All right. But Anything else about the... Anything else about Nintendo? Um, they just talked about all the cool stuff and a new way to play um, Super Mario Bros., which is with the Game & Watch. I thought that was cool. Oh, and lastly, very quick. Yeah, there's a Game & Watch. They were releasing a video game console, a new Game & Watch that that runs Mario like in full color. It's a tiny mm-hmm. little thing. It also was a little clock. It's really cute. Uh, it's yeah, it, cool that they're still putting out shit like that. Yeah, fun fact, the Game & Watch was actually the first uh, things that Nintendo put out. They're, the, they're like the LCD Tiger games that we have here in the West. And yep um that was the essentially the first nintendo video games and then they did the arcades and eventually we got the uh famicom in japan and the nes here in america so just do that that, i can't wait for that game and watch to be like 250 dollars god (laughs) i think it's i said it's like 100 bucks 
That'd be nice. Because it's only like one game. Yeah. It's only one game. I figure for one game for Super Mario Bros. Super Mario Bros. is easy to get. That's you shouldn't have that for like pay sixty dollars for Mario sixty four again. What are you talking about? Well, so I'm getting like. <laughs> uh, anyways, but yeah, that's that's it for the Nintendo Direct. Okay. Um. All right. So some trailers now. Trailers happen this week as they always do. Um, Going to the trailer park. Welcome to Blumhouse. Released their first trailer. For four movies. For four movies. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, um, this look this is like one fourth of a great movie for each one because they made a minute long trailer for four movies. So I don't yeah. know what's going on. The visuals are nice. Yeah, some of the imagery looks good, but like I don't yeah. know what any of them are about because like, they made- uh, the one girl with like a quarter of her head missing was freaky. Just that a bad walking. I'm always a fan of that. Um, speaking of some horror, the haunting of Bly Manor. Neither of you ever watched Hill House, did you? Nope. No, not yet. Oh okay. my god, guys, that's legitimately like one of the best things on Netflix. Oh uh, my so, god. So Hill House was really freaking oh, good. So man. we're we in this house, including Megan, are very excited about Bly Manor. And it's mm-hmm. a um it's a like American horror story situation where it's all the same actors doing different roles in a different story. Um and all those actors are dope. So um I'm so excited. Mike Mike Flanagan is like the top he got he directed Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Um, he's like our, the top horror guy right now, like commercial horror guy. That dude's wicked. Nice. Uh, yeah, it looked really good. Uh, I was yeah, especially like uh, at the I, end when the when the creep creepy guy is like, she just turns around and shushes him. Yeah, yeah. I love that part too. Uh, yeah, this movie looks freaking terrifying because I don't show. like dolls. Show. Oh, the sh- it's a show. Yes. Show. Ben, every single episode of the original show, every single episode has hidden ghosts in it. Yeah. So if you watch it, there will always be one to two, just people looking out of frame. Usually more than two. There are so many ghosts hidden in frames of Hill House. It's so scary. It's like every time you'll just be watching. Sometimes you'll notice them. Most of the time you won't. It's awesome. Oh no. Oh no. Fanny's over here laughing because you're probably going to make me watch this on October, aren't you, babe? Oh yeah. She said yes. Uh, All right. But yeah, the creepy doll turning her head just made me want to grab a shotgun and just go buck wild. Well, don't do that. No, no, that's no, 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 no. You got some gun, gun law problems here, buddy. To, to inanimate objects, no human no, beings. To the, to the evil dolls. To the evil Jurassic, dolls. Jurassic World, Camp Cretaceous. Released a second trailer this week. Man, I hate this trailer. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> in, the first few seconds, in the first few seconds, I was like, have I been wrong? Yeah. Could this be sincere and yes. serious? And no, no, no. It's a uh, it's dumb dumb kid jokes. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what it, it 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 was more serious than that first trailer for sure. But 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 it was not enough for me to ever want to watch this because I can already tell you there's going to be no stakes in the show because they're not going to kill off any other kids. Not that no. you need people to die, but it's about Jurassic Park and dinosaurs. So like violence is like inherently part of it, right? Um. Again, again, like we discussed, unless this this show was like about learning about dinosaurs in a way, and it's like the, the having stakes isn't a point because the kids aren't supposed to be at risk; they're supposed to be discovered. But they're clearly in risk. All I the know. Time. I know. Yeah. And it's a, it's it, it is seemingly supposed to take place at the same time as the film, yeah. which I just find ridiculous Blast as a concept. So Did to we, acknowledge a solo uh, wiki in the chat, he's talking solo about wiki, Anna. solo wiki says uh, if it's if it's not an Annabelle, it's just not scary. The Annabelle genuinely uh, scares the shit out of me. And then he says, and the baby in the first Annabelle is my friend's daughter. That's cool. What? Oh, um, and also, what? I agree. I hate Annabelle, but there's a figure of Annabelle that these 
a-holes for christmas chilling right over there um there's a movie that james wan directed um after saw called dead silence and that's a pretty dope horror movie about a um about a a doll that comes to life that's one of the better doll scary movies oh my God. um yeah going back to to put yeah. my two cents in on a jurassic park uh, Camp Cret- or Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Sorry, I see the color scheme. I think Jurassic Park. Camp Bodacious. Yeah, that's just. At first, I'm like, "Ooh, is this gonna be like?" I thought the same thing Sparks did. It's like, "Oh, are we wrong?" No, just, just, just no. It's like, oh, it looks like own. a, per- it looks like a perfectly fine animated tie-in to a popular IP. Yeah, that's exactly what I want for my Jurassic Park franchise: yeah. a perfectly mediocre stand-in side thing. Uh, I do. I, I much like. I think the first Jurassic World shouldn't have been set at the end of the park. Uh, I think this should be set, you know, in the park. Dude, it, it would be dope. Like this blessing on it. If like what they did was like what Spark said. Like have them have this be almost an educational show where you're learning about them. So then the end is when all the bad shit happens. Then the next season have your Jurassic Park, whatever. Yeah. But like it just seems like a missed opportunity. Also, um, there's a room I really hate that the gates they go through look exactly like the old one, except they just replace it with world. They're they're kind of supposed to correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but they're supposed to be on the other side of Isla Nublar, where the original park was. Yes, which also doesn't make a ton of sense because we see parts of where the original park was when the kids venture, and I'm like, that don't look like no summer camps happening here. Oh, yes. you wanna you wanna also know something funny? So when they go into the restricted section, which is actually, if you look at the map in the movie, is on the top of the island. The restricted yeah. section has the original visitor center. The original visitor center was next to, was really close to the to the visiting center of Jurassic World. It was not at the top of the island. No, no, no. So they moved it. Do the research. Or they just don't care, which is yeah, or just that. Or they're just like freaking. It's a. And they're just like f it. It's a paycheck. Let's do it. And uh, thank you, Solo Wookie. I appreciate that comment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh hell. So the wookie says, uh, "Oh hell no! I would never keep an animal doll. You got you got balls of steel, Ben." I also I also can't tell you how bored I am of the Indominus Rex. Yeah. And the Indominus Rex was in one movie, and I'm bored. He wasn't um, even in the last movie. He's in the first one. Right. And so I'm like, bored. And I'm bored. Um. But but I I will admit that there are moments in this show trailer where I see the show I'd like to watch, where like the kids are in the thing, like just exploring the dinosaurs and learning. And yeah. I'm like, see, I, I'd, I'd be down with this. But this whole like... here, Here's a dream. The jokes are stupid. They're just marketing it, marketing it badly because they don't want it they don't want to market it. To, it's an actual education show. So maybe there is a lot more than that. Then we'll see. Or maybe it's probably not good. And then, of course, you see the Mosasaur just like breach the waters. Like, you know, she's going to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, trailer shots. I'd watch yeah. that show if she got eaten. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, kill a kid. What? what? <laughs> All right. Pull an it. Uh, yeah. No time to die. We, we reviewed it. Is, it. It's it was good. It's weird to watch a trailer that wasn't supposed to exist. Because <laughs> the movie would have been out. Because the movie yeah. would have been And they, they never intended to release this trailer. But here it is. And I'm re-hyped for the movie, so, so it worked. I'm re- this re-hyped me, yeah. This, re- uh, this reloaded my chamber. I didn't need to see more of the movie, but I am re-hyped. So, yeah. you know. We haven't seen am- Anna de Armas, really, except for this trailer. And, like, she's clearly, like, an action star in this. So I'm like, sweet. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Love that lady. I <laughs> am full ready to watch this movie. 
Um, the, I don't is we hear the villain's name, and I'm a little bummed that it's not, or it could be Doctor No, or it could not be Doctor. I don't know what Doctor No's first name is. It could be Stefan. Yeah, Christoph, Christoph like, Waltz. Hold on, Christoph yeah, Waltz's Christoph character. Waltz Christoph Waltz's character wasn't called Blofeld until the end of the movie. That's true. Or You're right. You are 100 percent correct. Also, he so, like there's a shot where he looks exactly like Doctor No, and I was yeah. like. Uh, okay. Yeah. It, probably. Either way, just all the action scenes we have looked at, they look rad as hell. I want to see this movie. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. The stunts look like practical and like just really dope. Um, yeah. it really, it's odd because normally when I see a whole lot of trailers for a movie, it's like, okay, yeah, stop showing me trailers. This one's like, nah, give it. I want to see it. Yeah. This is the first time. Like... Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I, I was saying this is the first time that I noticed that this Bond's uh, influence is definitely Mission Impossible. Uh, yeah. Uh, if this is following the rules of Daniel Craig's films, this should be fantastic. So I'm not worried. <laughs> oh, because yeah. he makes Every a great one, one, then a shitty one, then a great one, then a shitty one. So this should be a great one. Wait, what was the last one? Spectre. That was, I feel like that was like a thousand years ago. Oh my God. Wow. Time. I remember Brandon actually drove down to my neighborhood and we went to see it. At the um, in Buena Hills One together on IMAX. When was that? 2015. I have to rewatch. I don't. I don't know how that movie ends. I, I can tell you. Five, five no, years I'll, ago. No, I'll, I'll rewatch it before this one comes out. So it's fine. Uh, I fell. I fell asleep. Admittedly, <laughs> I, I don't blame the movie entirely. I went to a midnight premiere and I was very tired. I shouldn't have gone, but I did. And then I was bored. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm like, uh, it's kind of not entirely the movie's fault, but I certainly was bored. Yeah. And that happened. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Um, we'll see what happens. In my mind, Waltz was in five minutes of that movie. He's in more. Not much more. I, I've heard, but I mean, like, in my mind, it's like a scene. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Was- All right. That's it then. All the news. All right, so, great. Drama. All right, so let's get into our second review of Mulan. and putting it down there. Spoilers from Mulan. And we're we'll calling uh, it our second review because we reviewed it when it was originally supposed to come out. And you can check that out here on YouTube. Uh, we made that shit up. I listened to it after we watched Mulan. We were right about some things. We were not right about other things. Check it out. I'm not really going to go into detail about now, it. Now, I, I never listened to myself talk, but I'm curious. There's, there's probably my... two specific things I will bring up where, like, I was surprised how in line yeah. they were. Yeah. But we'll right. go into it. So, full spoilers for the new Mulan movie that's currently playing on Disney Plus at a premium. Um, so, full spoilers. You haven't warned. Uh, check out for a bit and come back. Or if you're listening to this on the rewind, pause it, skip, whatever. It's all time coded. Uh, all right, so let's get right into it. Ben, what did you think? I have problems. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of problems with this movie. Good Lord, do I have issues with it. All right, let's leave it at that for yeah. now. Yeah, we'll get into Sparks. it. Sparks? Um, I really, really, when you boil it down, I only have one big problem with the movie. And then past that, I don't have much at, uh, at odds with it. Um, I liked more than I disliked, I think. Ringing and Honestly, I kind of got it. Like, it's it's not... I went in wanting to be this movie's fan. I really mm-hmm. did. I wanted, I wanted Mulan to, to really hit it out of the park because I want so desperately to support a Disney live-action movie that, that doesn't one-for-one one the animated movie. And this doesn't one-for-one one the animated movie, but there are some key aspects of the character that I'm like, 
but why why but why um or or the world and um that being said i do think that there are positives and i think those positives mm. are pretty cool so ryan i think that the cinematography and the and the special effects and the costuming and the world building and the set design is all awesome um i think the story i think the story is kind of shit i think it, i i didn't find the script to, i i didn't find myself laughing or feeling really any emotion watching this movie besides oh wow that looks nice um i the characters that you're supposed to care about i don't um and the new characters i also don't like so i don't know what I, I don't think I like this movie, you guys. <laughs> um, before we go too much further, I do want to I, I do want to address like at the top. There's a whole lot of like you know discussion about boycott Mulan uh, and things like that uh, because we did do this for New Mutants, so obviously we didn't do it for Mulan. True. And I just want to talk about it real quick. That's true, which right. is that there are two main reasons uh, why people are are really up in arms about this movie. One of them is about the actor who plays Mulan because uh, uh, a while back, this was even before the pandemic hit. Uh, she came out in support of the Hong Kong police. What is before yeah. the pandemic? Huh? What yeah. is before the <laughs> pandemic? What, what is what is real life? Um, <laughs> and and uh, it, look, the Hong Kong uh, police controversy is a lot more complicated than what's happening in America. Um, it would take a whole lot of time to really invest as a foreigner in knowing the ins and outs of that conversation. So I cannot say 100% where I stand on it. I'm anti-police brutality, and I'll say that. But that situation is extremely complicated. And either way, it comes down to, I, Jesus, sorry, a cat was about to knock over a lamp. Um, either way, uh, I stand by what we've talked about before, where I won't boycott a film just because I don't like support a single person in it. Way more people work on the movie than just the actor who played Mulan. Yes. So that's, that's where I stand New on that New Mutants one. is a low-budget like six million dollar basically indie movie that one person wrote and directed of course people made it but mulan is a huge disney hundreds of people were involved like i don't feel as bad supporting this as i am directly supporting the guy who made new Mutants. for sure it's, I, they're different situations um the other one is about shang and his absence from the film um because shang is a bisexual icon for disney animation fans understandably um the, he is the closest representation to anything akin to bisexuality in disney animation because he has a clear attraction to mulan as ping even if it's not directly and overtly addressed as romantic it's clearly there mm -hmm. um Shang as a character is removed and because shang doesn't exist in this film a lot of people have been boycotting mulan because of that uh, while Shang doesn't exist, a character stand-in of Shen, who has those same kind of acknowledgments towards Mulan, albeit drawn back a little further than the animated film does it, still exists. And I don't know that that's 100% a, a good enough reason to say, you know, to hell with this movie. Um, I, I don't know that having Shang the character translated in would have changed any of the amount of interaction we have between Shen and Mulan. I think that still would have happened regardless yeah. uh, of Shang being the person, unfortunately, because I don't think Disney has the balls to, to stretch it, even blur that line a little further. Real quick. Mm -hmm. Like I said it to you guys, like near the end of this movie, I was like, wow, Disney, they're really, they're just cowards. They really will not, will not, they will not do something bold. 
they will they will give you a smidge of maybe a, a, a gay romance or a smidge of something like this. But they right. will they will they could have done so much with Mulan, especially with this movie. Yeah. And and the fact that they not only do they not, and they also lied to you in the marketing saying that this is a totally realistic movie. There's not any magic. No. Why would? Well, not, no, well not. Let's be clear. Not in the marketing because the trailers show us the witch flat. Okay. Sorry, sorry. They they lied to us in concept. Like when they would answer questions yes. about why isn't Mushu in this movie, and they're like, we wanted a more realistic take, and we're like, <laughs> I, after watching this movie. Um, uh, s- f- f- that. Right. F- that. Right. Oh yeah. So, uh, uh, I keep it. What are your thoughts? Your opening. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I much like much like Sparks. I wanted to go into this movie being this movie's fan. I've been saying it since the trailers. I love that they were going a different directed direction. I don't want it. My favorite uh, a remake, Peach Dragon, is nothing like that original movie. In fact, I think it's better. Far better. So I was excited. So I wanted to I wanted to go into Mulan thinking much the same way, you know, it, 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 having so little to do with the original movie. And and I'll still stand by Cinderella and Maleficent. I both think as films are superior to their animation originals, outside of the fact that the animation of those originals are still gorgeous. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, so I. So that said, I was pretty disappointed. Uh, not, I, much like Ryan, I didn't feel anything. wasn't happy. wasn't sad. Uh, and then, and then, and I just kind of, kind of left the movie a little cold. And I, I don't want to be clear. It's not because it was different. I loved that they tried. I just kind of wish they tried harder. Yeah. After this end of this movie, um, when uh, when Fanny and I were because we watched this together. Well, at the end of this movie, I looked at Thanos like, "Hey, honey, you want to watch something that has better fight scenes?" And we turned on Legend of Korra. <laughs> yeah. So um, the reason why I watched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, um, she was even talking about that too while we were primarily, watching. It's primarily because of this movie because I was hoping that this movie would be similar. Uh, having not seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I was hoping for a similar style, like the kind of like, you know, cool kung fu action movie. It's called um, wired foo, where like they you jump in the air and like like yeah. a little more float. they're they're floating. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that. So when I saw, um, so when I saw those action sequences, I kind of got excited, but I don't think there's anything of note in the action sequences in this movie. In fact, they're so short that there's really just sword sword cut. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Uh, real, real quickly, Solo Wookie says Peace Dragon remake was better. God, you are young. Uh, OG Peach Dragon is the shiznit. Age has nothing to do with that. I saw the original Peach Dragon when I was a kid. Yeah. I still think the remake is better. And I've seen both in the past few years. I yeah. still like the remake more. <laughs> Quality. Over, over, Which is an opinion. Yeah. And it's fine to disagree with it. But it, it has nothing to do with my age. No. He's uh, also so, 45. You just can't tell. <laughs> We're growing into our personality. Right, Sparks? That's the story. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So that that's that's my kind of thing. Like I, I did, Mulan didn't scratch that itch for me, so I went to watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I'm glad I did. So you guys, I always I always say this: like art's supposed to make you feel something. And during 95 percent of the dialogue between any character, I just did I just didn't feel it. I just I. It's not that the acting's bad. It's just sometimes in movies the chemistry just it's just it just doesn't click. And just this entire movie, I it just didn't click for me. I didn't. Maybe, maybe except for the end, like when Mulan is getting super, like super teary eyed. I, I didn't feel any emotion. I'll, like I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I think 
what worked for me the most was everything about Mulan and her dad. Yeah. 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 Uh, when Mulan's yeah. watching her dad, when she yes. knows he's about to go and he can't hold the sword yeah. and she's crying, uh, like dialogue, you're right. A lot of the dialogue stuff doesn't work for me, but I do think that the emotions shown between Mulan and her dad, uh, sometimes wordlessly, that yeah. worked. I agree. Uh, yeah. Especially when she reunites with him at the end, that is the most emotional I felt. Yeah. Like may I may I throw a may I throw a fun fact about Mulan's family? Sure. Uh, her mother in this movie is played by the actress who plays Keiko O'Brien from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Nice. Oh. Nice. That's back. cool. Yeah. So I loved the scene between Mulan and her dad when she comes back. Yeah. That was like the because all the time like when um the the shang stand in essentially i felt nothing through with it like no like no real bonds of of brotherhood essentially of hey you have your back i have my back i have your back have been grown it's just one time one time uh mulan is like is holding back she uses her chi and then is like oh hey you're awesome it's like no what throughout what do you think of cricket you know I love, I like cricket. I'm not gonna lie to you. I love cricket. I like cricket. Yeah. At first, I was like, "Oh, really? They're making cricket a man?" And then, as the film progressed, I'm like, "And then when cricket, the fake that, the fake out of his death, I'm like, don't you fucking dare kill when my I cricket.' Saw the Here's the thing: cricket was given a personality, so yeah. he was yeah. easy to care about when he showed up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. No. After even we though, after he showed even, up, I expected someone to come up and be like, "I moose you." Yeah. Even <laughs> Lu, Yao and Poe, they were there. But no personality, you know, like kind of looking like who they're supposed to look like. Like those are ba- those are not those characters. I would argue I that Yao. I would argue that Yao and Shin Po needed to be switched. I I, you know, yeah, like, I agree with that. Like they didn't say enough, and then like when we're supposed to believe that they're a unit, I don't believe that they're a unit because one <laughs> also the training got cut early, but there's still all yeah. the dope swordsmen and archers in the world, and I'm just like, wow, you're fighting like shadow warriors and whatever, but you guys are the greatest. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, okay. I really, I really liked the. Uh, I really, sorry, I know I didn't. I really didn't like when they're quoting the song. And the guy says, "I don't care what she looks like. I only care what she cooks like." Oh, and yeah, I'm like, from, oh, uh, the girl I for. I appreciate it, but it, it it doesn't sound good when it's spoken. But at the no. same time, the only I feel like the only reason why that line was said was so you get, oh, that's Shin Po from the original. I know no. who you are now. No, it's not. It's supposed to be like, remember that song? Okay, so I have a lot of problems with this movie, and one of the problems was how many times they used the uh, the music from the Reflections. It was used so many damn times. It's like, I for me, it's like, Disagree. I get Disagree. it. Disagree. Disagree. I, I, also, I, I think also the music disagree. is maybe one of the best parts. I, I'm sorry, Ben. I, I don't. I don't agree with this one. I think reflection was used well as a theme. I don't think it rarely was it played with the same instruments or in the same tempo. Uh, I I don't agree. I think it was used well to be like there were parts without her singing the song. You know the song. Mm -hmm. This is her theme. This is what's going on. It's no. It's as much as any other like theme song for a hero character in any other movie. That's why I like. Yeah, well, for, for me, there were parts of it where the song worked, but there are other parts it's like, really? Reflections? Again? I mean, it's her theme. It's her movie. I, I know it's her theme. It's her movie, but... It's like it's like complaining when the Wonder Woman theme comes on. In, in Return of the Jedi, when the Imperial March plays again, like, oh, these guys again. Like, it's it's what their theme is. It's well, just, I mean, we should be going, oh, these guys again. 
You know, I, I, I think I think entirely, Ben, if I were, if mm -hmm. I may, I think it entirely comes down to the fact that Reflection has lyrics. So there are lyrics that pop into your brain with it. So you get tired of going through those lyrics in your brain. Whereas if this were a new melody for this film, I don't think that that theme being played for her would bother you anywhere near as much. I think that's. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and I and in that sense of what they're doing, just like they're saying it being her theme, like a hero's theme, mm -hmm. I think it totally lands. I have no okay. issue. Okay. Okay. I, I, understand, in the, in, I understand though. In yeah, kind of I, the same vein, in kind of the same vein with, with Ben, I really don't like the narration. I don't think he needed it. I, I, I thought, kind of wish they cut it. I, I thought it was fine if it had stayed at the beginning and the end because I actually really like the introduction that there have been many different tales about Mulan. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is mine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it allows this film particularly unlike the other previous live actions to sit as companion to the animation to say this is a different telling of that yeah. story very directly and i didn't think that hurt it especially it being the dad talking about her i, I, I thought that was actually pretty beautiful i just didn't need it in the middle of the story you know what i didn't like the beginning of the movie no that's it just i didn't like the beginning that opening sequence with the with the chicken Oh, with the chicken, with the chi, with with just all of it. I'm just maybe like, she's born with it. Oh, maybe, man. She, maybe, maybe it's maybe. Um, <laughs> so, like, oh man, she's so, Ray Skywalker. Oh no, no. no. Another thing is like, obviously when we first heard this movie come out and they said, we're not having Mushu because we're going to have this completely realistic bullshit. That lady is using magic. Again, like, that cannot be, that cannot be your argument because we have seen for three trailers now that this is not a realistic tale. Hold mm -hmm. on, hold on. Uh, I understand what he's saying, but it's their fault for every time Mushu came up, their response being, we wanted to do something more realistic and yes. Mushu isn't realistic. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, and I will go even a step further and say it's bullshit that we have a phoenix in the colors of Mushu that could have just been a dragon who didn't talk Why? and would have been Mushu. Why? Okay, no, stop. I'm something to say. Stop. Hold on. Let me say something for it. So yeah. I asked Fanny, I asked her in Chinese culture and in Chinese mythology, do because I was thinking, like, maybe it's a culture thing. Maybe the phoenix is seen higher than a dragon or something. I don't know. So I asked her. And I was like, "It are in Chinese culture and mythology, are dragons and phoenixes, is there a hierarchy or are they both seen around the same? And she says, no, they're seen around the same. That phoenix should have been Mushu the entire goddamn movie. Well, they deliberately made the phoenix the spirit animal for this, for this family in this movie. So, what makes it but, curious, Brandon, is that a phoenix is never mentioned in the Ballad of Mulan. It's a dragon. So if you're going to do all of this phoenix bullshit metaphor, you can make it a dragon and not have anyone talk about it. I'm not defending the inclusion of the phoenix. I was only pushing back on the on on Ben claiming to be surprised that this isn't that this isn't realistic. No, I am surprised because the the market not the marketing the people behind the movie saying yeah we wanted a realistic take. She has the force, my man. She is using the Chinese force. This is and not a realistic war movie. There's people. Who is this is a magic movie. It's so bullshit. Gong Li's fight scenes are pretty rad. I will say her fight scenes are are pretty rad as small and quick as they are. As, although I really like how her she starts. Gongli, she's the witch. Okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah, she's the witch. Like when her hand turns into a talon, a falcon talon. I thought talon. that was pretty rad. I like talon fingers. That looks cool. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I, like again, I'll reiterate Ryan's point. Like design wise, the characters are incredible, and that includes the witch. I mm -hmm. think visually the film is stunning. She's got some sick absolutely costumes. stunning. Yeah. The visually. Color. All the costumes, like um, Donnie Yen's uh, armor, 
gorgeous yeah. Jet Li's costume while he's on the throne and he's his armor. Beautiful. The set pieces, the sword Mulan gets at the end with the jade handle and the oh, scabbard. Gorgeous. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, the, the second in command to Donnie Yen, um, the guy who kind of has a deeper voice, that's the new voice of Scorpion in the Mortal Kombat games. He's excellent. You'll discover him soon. Yay! Great deep voice. He um, does. He really does. I, I thought the action, it was good. It, it, like, it kept my eye. Like, it was I, fun enough. Hold on. Piggybacking off that. Um, the I think the action, for the most part, would have worked really well. It, it Pulling back just a little bit in the more realistic version of this movie. Since we went Magic and Chi, the fights should have, the, the choreography should have been even doper. Yes. It should have been even more stunning. Uh, I appreciate all the hard stunt work. I think there are good fight moments. Yeah. Uh, specifically, mm -hmm. Mulan versus Chen is one of my favorites. Oh, but, when they're surrounded by those two. Yeah, when they're training. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but if you're going for chi, you you need to go crazier then. Because you're half. Otherwise, you're you could have pulled it back, it. and I would have been like, "That's pretty good for like the realistic movie. I, yeah. I can buy some of this stuff." And again, if mm -hmm. you wanted to make chi just like, it, it's not actually magic. It's you need to be centered with yourself, Mulan. That dad would be cool, but they didn't go that way. They made her the magical girl. Yeah, didn't also Diane, because like when uh, Mulan still is, how, how do you pronounce it? Uh, was, oh shit. I don't like, know. When she's when she's a man. Just yeah, when it. she's a man. I, I want to say Ping, but it's not Ping in the movie. When she's- Wajing. Wajing, thank you. When she's Wajing and she and, and she uses her chi for the first time and uh, um, the commander brings her in and he says, hey, I know your secret. I know your gift. I-, I Felt like it was alluded that he had it too. Same. Yeah. He then shows that he's doing um, these great uh, martial arts moves, and I'm thinking, oh, are we gonna get a really cool Diane fight scene? We don't. And I was yeah. really hoping that he kind of takes her under his wing and shows her how to control the, her powers, and that never really happens. Sure. I feel like that was a really big missed opportunity, especially when we get to the life. The um, you saved my life, life for a life scene late when she, it's revealed that she is a woman. And there's another problem I have in this movie is there's just no emotion behind it. I mean, not that the actors were bad. It's just going to the original, I felt the pain Mulan had felt when she when she was essentially about to die. And Shang is like, no, I'm not going to kill you. My debts were paid, but you better GTFO. Or the desperation in her eyes when she's trying to tell him, like, the Huns are here. We got to go get them. And they're just like, oh, I believe her. I believe her too. I just felt no real emotion, no connection to it. I, 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 I can make an I, I can make an argument for some parts of it where it's mm -hmm. supposed to be rigid militia yeah. response, okay. and I think it works. But but that but doesn't, all the but that doesn't cover out. it doesn't cover the whole movie. And yeah. I certainly agree with your point. I do think that sometimes it's purposeful and is fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but, but I I agree overall. Okay, like in general, her unit of friends needed mm -hmm. to feel like actual characters, not yeah. oh you kind of know these guys because you watched the animated one, so we don't need to. Mm -hmm. We don't need to do anything. If you haven't watched it in 10 years and have a bad memory, I, I don't know who those characters are anymore. So And they're not the same anyway. And they're not so. the same anyway. Yeah. Brandon, anything? What else, Ben? <laughs> ben? What? He asked you what else. Yeah, I'm sure you have uh, more. No, no. I've, I've been um, talking for a while. Okay, real quickly. We talked, about, we talked about the witch. I didn't care for the witch at all. I don't think she's utilized well in the movie. So um, pretty much everything I think we'd say about the witch today, uh, we basically said in the fake version. Um, we, we already knew we were. I'm gonna, not, I'm not all sure. of us were pretty much in agreement. We probably weren't going to. My like hunches the witch. were true. Yeah. Um, uh, here's the thing. Um, 
I cannot buy in the story they presented to us that the witch is subservient to Bori Khan yeah. when she's clearly more powerful than him. It makes no sense that she feels pressed under his thumb when he has no rigid reason presented that he can. Because her whole, the whole thing is like, because she has these powers and she's a girl, like she was shunned and like it turned into a villain. But then like she still has like, she still has all this reservation and she, and she still helps Mulan while still helping Bori Khan. Like that's supposed to help her while she's still a bad guy. Yeah, but I don't she, think her arc makes sense. She's, she's a conflicted villain, but not in the, in the fun way, just in a complicated way. Mm -hmm. um, she could. It would have been so much more fun if, like, she took out Bori Khan. She's like, "No, I am the leader, and you I was will." Hoping for that to happen, like, I, then, I was really hoping for that to happen, but it never does. Either, either she turns on Bori and actually helps Mulan, and and then like, oh, like maybe I use my chi for good at this time, or she becomes the final bad and just go like, "No, like this chi corrupted me. Don't let that become you, Mulan." But it does neither of those things. It's just boring, and then she dies, and also Bori Khan also dies. I'm like, oh. Yeah, her, her death doesn't really make a lot of sense. And while I'm at it, I don't think the whole chi thing works in the movie either. It's, it's, it's it's, for me, Brandon, it ruins the movie. Because this is a movie supposed to be about a regular girl who can go in, and like this could be, like you said it when we were talking sports, anybody could be Mulan. Any girl could be Mulan. Now, nobody can be Mulan because she has the force. Okay, She I, straight up has the force. I do want to run through this. So like when the first trailers were coming out, and we saw the witch for the first time i got upset not because i was concerned necessarily about like oh we can have a lady who turns into a hawk but we can't have mushu yeah but more because if she has magic how is mulan meant to defeat her uh without having something special about her um because i highly doubted that they were just gonna let her be a person and lo and behold that's what the case also is. she's not smart like in the animated movie well a little no, at the end okay but not no she loud. has the moment where she's like she gets down on all fours to go across the stuff so it doesn't crack and things like that and she thinks of the okay. the avalanche stuff and makes them turn around and okay, shoot fine. at them i'll give she, you two moments she has her moments they're not enough they're not the prominent aspect of her character a big example is where they're carrying the water up the mountain which is basically the standing for the arrow on the pole. Yeah. The whole thing is in the animated film. When she does that, it shows her intelligence. It shows mm -hmm. her ability to think outside the box. Now she and helps that's with what, water. That's what ultimately Mulan wins in the animated film because she outsmarts the bad guys. Um, and they don't play to that idea here. They allow her to just be the chosen one, um, mm -hmm. essentially equivalent. Uh, and the issue I have with that is that it doesn't allow for Mulan to feel like a, a person. And I think what is so valuable about Mulan's story, why the anime film is so good, uh, why people should admire the Ballad of Mulan is because it's not a person who felt obligated to fight because she had special power. It's a person who decided she had to fight to, to make sure her dad didn't die. She had no confidence in her battle abilities when she went to war. She just did it so her it, it took extreme it's, bravery it's because she has no knowledge that she will not mm -hmm. die. This Mulan in the live action version has every reason to believe that she's a competent warrior uh, already. And I don't that that whole idea contradicts what I liked about the Mulan story. Now, even trying to adjust to that. This story itself no longer works, in my opinion, in a world where everyone can acknowledge openly that she is a real thing. Magic that Mulan real. clearly has a lot of it and represses it. Because if that's the case, then you have to go, well, if a lady has a whole lot of chi, I guess we should acknowledge that she can be a warrior. I don't know why we would be against that. That logically makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it no longer works conceptually. Uh, and the other thing that bothers me about it is that there, there's such a cool 
Mulan feels like a person who can connect to her peers. And that's what actually, not only am I valuing the animated film for the way that they told her story so well, I'm valuing it for the way that they told her story of her and her friends because they do feel like a team. She doesn't pull anything off without them. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's all about working, her just being a good, competent soldier when no one expected her to be. And that's all it is. That's all it took. Uh, and that's what made that story special. Yeah, Mushu's there, but Mushu doesn't do anything so extravagant it's to make relief. her special. Yeah. Uh, he just aids her. Um, that th This movie just throws those concepts away uh, and it just uses like cool-looking effects of Chi like running up the walls wherever need be. And I'm like, okay, but the other guys can't do that, so how are they not just immediately dead um yeah. again uh, uh the group of of mulan homies fights a bunch of dudes who are running on the walls and cricket like he almost dies but he, he beats them and i'm like that's just that is, I just thought, that's crazy to me a, a lot of this also ties into the tone stuff uh where ryan was saying like this and i think a lot of you have voiced it like this movie doesn't have enough fun um it's it's doesn't have enough like enjoying itself and i think if you're going to be silly and have a witch and have chi and have cricket. you need to be having more fun however if this were the realistic drama where it is a uh, a normal woman trying to stand in for her dad in this war and beat a really nasty hun and that's it uh, just a really nasty dude a war mongrel uh and she does it then i think the tone would work yeah. I think that having it serious and like reflect upon the ideas of war and what she's heading into and just how much she's pushing through her fear and encouraging other men to push through their fear to do it would really land. But because we introduced the concept of chi, it feels like it needs to not take itself that seriously. And it can't find the tone in between. It just can't. Uh, and that sucks. Mm -hmm. That's just super duper Jet sucks. Li's voice sounds weird. Jet Li's ADR yeah. is terrible. Yeah, Fanny even the group... Right, so another thing that Fanny wanted me to mention was the spider in the, the CGI spider. And actually a lot of CGI, like when they do the, the cloth spear, uh, cloth, oh, the, cloth, the cloth spear stuff. Yeah. So that CGI looks horrible. That was too silly. Like I love like, yeah. like, like the cloth stuff. I'm like, okay, I don't know that it looks bad, but that spider just looked horrible. Also, like it doesn't matter that it wasn't a spider see, or whatever. Yeah. See, that's why I wanted to. That's why I wanted to watch Crash the Tiger when I was done with this, because like, you know, Jet Li does the thing where he rips the curtain in two and does the thing. Like, that's really cool. That has. That's just not the whole movie though. The movie isn't being like, look how cool Kung Fu is. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it shouldn't be, in my opinion, honestly. Uh, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> that's the other thing, by the way, from our that I'll make note of is in our fake review, we predicted the Emperor fighting Bori Khan. Uh, even for a, a small, we we expanded it, but even for a small matter of time, we were like, yeah, the emperor will fight. Uh, <laughs> forever. He gets he gets um, captured it, in a cool way. The the way yes, with the, the rope. ropes and they go around and pull him up. That's pretty cool. That is, I will give him that as as cool. I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, I feel like we lose a lot. Uh, not that I want one for one of the animated film. I don't. I do want it to try to be its own thing. However. Uh, there are two specific things from the anime film I, good lord, wish carried over. One is that I wish it was just the Hun, Bori Khan, Shan Yu, whatever you want to call him. I wish that he were just an imposing force on his own. Tenacious, smart, yeah. you know, dangerous. 
And I wish that they allowed the personal moment of him being at the avalanche and him seeing Mulan yes. do it still disguised as a man. Because I thought about how much the anime film is so good because what happens is Mulan gets up on a roof when he's fighting the emperor and he pays her no mind because she's a woman. Yes. Until she pulls her hair back and he realizes she's the soldier from the mountain. I forgot about and, that. And all he cares about, it's not about her being a girl, which is what I hate in this live action one that Bori Khan makes such a joke about her being a woman uh, and doing this. The moment that he knows that she's that soldier all he sees her as is warrior and he treats her that way. And w when before, because the movie, it, it, for the most part, it's on track, but like, I didn't think we were going to get an avalanche avalanche scene because like, there was no real like big snowy place. So I'm like, Oh, we're not going to get a cool avalanche avalanche. And then the scene happens, but then yeah, Bori Khan's not there. And I'm like, Oh, right. I remember him getting out of the snow and like being yeah. Superman with Mulan. I'm like, but that's also not there. Right. And it's like, Oh, that's all the cool stuff's gone. Like the avalanche, the avalanche scene, the avalanche scene is like okay, cool. They have the avalanche scene, but I, it didn't. It was not really as, as yeah, it wasn't as impactful as the original anime film because then that avalanche scene, that whole army gets almost all knocked out, and they had to pick a small force to go invade the Imperial City. Like only four dudes survive, including Shan Yu. Yeah, and just seeing the avalanche scene, I felt like that was one of the times where there's like, oh, we have to put the avalanche scene because that was in the original, and I did not like the way it was executed at all. Like, I, I was hoping I, for like the part where like I like how Mulan tricks them into causing the avalanche essentially, but I love how she in the original she goes right up to him and then I know Mushu's not there, but she causes it herself. It was by her hand where she lights the rocket and fires. Right. I, but in the movie she outsmarts them, which I think works works better. Yeah. I'll I'll be real. The reason I like this interpretation a little bit better for live action. Than, mm -hmm. than that, even though I think you still could have had Bori Khan like personal the personal recognition thing we were just talking about. The reason I like this a little better is because I think the rocket setting off that big of an avalanche in live action looks a little sillier. Okay, I, I get that. Uh, whereas I think this felt very true to the time period and felt mm -hmm. very true to the effect that it would cause, okay. uh, the proper reaction. So I okay. thought that was actually clever. I want to give the movie credit where where it deserves it, yeah. and I think that mm -hmm. was a clever interpretation of. Yeah, I like the 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 on fire rocks, and I love and I love the little thing of her like this is her being smart. She yeah. takes a whole bunch of helmets up there and she places them on the rocks. Mm -hmm. I believe there is a whole force up there, yeah. shooting yeah. at them, not just her. But then they all just, I, yeah, I know the, the the avalanche is so funny. Um, <laughs> just shoot a rock at an avalanche. I will say I will say one other thing that I like. Uh, there's no way you can match the emotional beat that it is in the animated film where we go from a girl with fighting for to the devastated village however uh i'm i'm bummed that the live action version didn't even like when we get to that desolation that they arrive to it's soldiers it's not we don't really see a village that is it doesn't feel like it, do, like it doesn't allow it to feel like uh the end a, a of group China. of people innocent people were hurt yeah. harmed as as not to have the impact on mulan that it's supposed to Mm -hmm. uh, and on the warriors that's supposed to. And I'm like, that's a simple beat that we could have nailed. I don't think anybody would have gotten mad at you for repeating the beat where Mulan picks up a little girl's toy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, like that's a moment where you can one for one it for emotional impact. That was a great bit. Um, but it, it, you know, much like other Disney live action films, Man, this really just makes me want to watch the like, original. Like, honestly, yeah. guys, like, I, I like, I'm trying to like Aladdin and like Lanky sucks, but like Aladdin and, 
um, Maleficent and like, I like all, like, there's still something for me to connect to on a personal level, but like, besides like the, the moments with her dad and stuff, like just the overall movie, like it's hard for me to connect. And for that alone, like that, that puts this like lower than a lot of those other movies. Cause at least I connect with characters sure. in those, like, at least I like, like Jasmine and, and the genie are dope in Aladdin. This mm-hmm. like, I don't think anybody rules. Maybe it's the dad, but he's in the movie 15, 20 minutes, right? Like, uh, I, I wish that they'd handled Mulan and Shen better. I wish that they'd, even if you had to like miss the ball on Yao and Po and, and yeah. Ling, get Shen and her correct. He get that like- bond. That, that scene where he goes into the lake after her and he's trying to like be confiding and she's just being standoffish because she's like, don't find out I'm a girl. Like it, I get it. I get why it's like that. But I'm like, it, it totally ruins the momentum of their chemistry. It mm-hmm. totally throws it off. Uh, the direction that they're heading into, like bond with each other. And again, it doesn't feel like they have enough screen time for me to like believe any of what they're trying to build. Right. Which is not romance in this one. I don't think. And maybe the very end it signifies like him touching. I don't know. Like I, I didn't buy. I didn't buy any any of the of the chemistry between really anyone. And it's that, that just like that ru- that ruins a movie for me when I don't care about who's talking because then it's like oh mountains are nice. Okay. <laughs> cool. And they are, they are nice. They're, yeah, those balance are great. Yeah. That's not why I watched the movie. Uh, all right, anything else we want to bring up? Yeah, I'm going to just try and run through a couple of positives. Um, I think the dad's dope as hell. I agree. Uh, mm. I I really like him. I like, uh, I actually like some of the matchmaker stuff. I actually really like that the matchmaker is seriously oh, wounded yeah. by Mulan oh. being honored by all, by the emperor. <laughs> and yeah. she Oh, and I'm like, I kind of wish that was in the animated. I wish the matchmaker had to like come up and stuff. You were freaking wrong about Mulan. Her sister yeah. has a cute line at the end. We're like, I found a boy, and like, you know, we just met, but he doesn't. He, he's not scared of spiders. And I'm like, that's cute. Okay, like, yeah. little things. While while uh while I don't love the the lake scene between Mulan and Shen, I think the first scene where he tries to connect with her, uh, and talks about how he was matchmade. Yeah, that scene works. Uh, that I do start to feel it. It's just like the next interaction between them is the lake is that thing the that where, throws it off. Uh, like like I don't. What if she doesn't like me? How do I talk to her? Just talk right. To her just like, talk to yeah. her like you're talking. Yeah. To if me. we had a bunch more scenes like that, sure. Right. But we yes. don't. Yeah. yeah, for also, sure. I, I thought it was funny. Like when Mulan is in the barracks and then everyone's trying to and everyone's in their sleep is like rolling over. She like dodges them constantly or blocks yeah. them from grabbing yeah. her. I'll give a positive. It's the first time an, uh, a live-action remake of these movies hasn't extended it an extra hour. Only thirty well, minutes. Only it's, 30 under, minutes. It's, under two and a half, it's under two hours. This one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I appreciate because in the animated film, Mulan is able to camp away from all the others, but realistically, that wouldn't be allowed. Uh, mm-hmm. And I appreciate that they have to show Mulan having to tie, you know, strap herself down. And having to undo that, and having and to volunteer, a, a strain, and yeah. having to volunteer for night guard duty to help avoid the others finding out who she is. I like that they added those kind of complications that did feel more real, that did feel more sincere and challenging. And I, I, I appreciated those aspects. I thought they were well mm-hmm. done. Um, I appreciate Ming Na Wen's cameo. I appreciate it too. Charming. Uh, I thought that was really really nice. Uh, yeah, that, that was unfortunately that was spoiled for me on Twitter. Darn. Sure. Wasn't spoiled for me. I saw. I, That's I, good. I thought That's that was good. a nice surprise. Yeah. Um, I can't. I. I. I think this is an incredibly colorful film, and I super appreciate it for that. Yeah. Color uh, costuming is all great. I think a lot of the training stuff is pretty good. The last movie these guys wrote was Jurassic World. 
Well, um, I, I think that, uh, a lot of the training stuff, like focusing on, uh, you know, it, dishonesty equals expulsion, the guy like dumping out the water. I thought mm -hmm. that was a good fit. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of just like the montage work they show of them uh, learning I think works pretty well. Good choreography. Like, I love a good like army, uh, like a bunch of dudes doing staff moves. I'm always a big fan of that. Uh, I, I'm really glad we talked about it uh, when we were looking at the trailers. I'm just, I'm really pleased with how much of this is practical, how many people are real people. A lot of horses. It, it feels very effective in a way I haven't seen in a big blockbuster film in a, in a long time. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff really lands well for me. The, the, again, like it's hard to get past the fact that this film undeniably is gorgeous. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Really just a, a, a pleasure to watch visually. Um, even down to the witch who I don't like, like a lot of the stuff the witch gets to do is cool. Honestly, my favorite thing about her is probably her cool ass fingers. Cause those are yeah. scary, especially yeah. like when she had her hand on Borakon. Like those are some scary talons. Man. Yeah. I don't want to hear those. Yeah. Um, Dope outfits. She looked great. I feel like there's, there's some part right in the middle. I'm trying to remember. I, I, uh, I like the, um, do you? allusion to uh mulan's injury uh that that would be her injury but uh the dagger that the witch throws gets caught in the strap that's a which good... i think is pretty cool yeah. um and that that's what ultimately reveals her to be mulan i just uh i also think it comes too soon i i don't think that the moment is motivated the way it should be that mulan is about to have her moment of coming out um <clears throat> i don't do them i don't think you ever needed the phoenix in this movie the, the, the high, hallucinogenic phoenix. No, and I think if you were going to have it, then it should be Mushu the dragon. Um, yes, I, like, that's, that's exactly... He could have been in all of those moments and been fine. There's a mythological creature throughout this entire movie that doesn't say or do anything, yes. except just show you, yo, this is what it's about. I'm like... It's I, like, I'm, it's, it's no. kind of like, I'm watching over you. You gonna help me out? No, I'm just watching over you. And like, I, didn't, I, I don't need the talking Eddie Murphy dragon. But if you're going to have a mythological creature, why not use the one that's in the movie already? Right. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It sure. truly doesn't. And, and I think that like the only time she really directly looks at it is the time when she seems like the most out of it dehydrated when she's starved. And so it's moving and guiding her way out through the path. And I'm like, yes. honestly, if it had been that, maybe a couple of other, other moments specifically tied to the dad, but like she's not acknowledging it outside of that moment and it had been Mushu, I'd say great. Uh, the one moment where I think the Phoenix is super overblown uh, is the freaking emperor going rise like the phoenix and her oh, the game having the phoenix wings. fly up behind her and create the wings and I'm like stop it yeah so <laughs> I did not oh god I'm I'm sitting there going okay as much crap as we give Game of Thrones season eight that part when da when Daenerys is walking out and the dragon's wings fly out that is freaking rad this is not do you yeah. but do you get it Ben do you oh, get it he's right it. I, I i get it okay hitting you over the head with it if you weren't sure yeah it's funny to me that i think somehow sean Yu in the animated version is a more fleshed out clear motivation than bori khan even though bori khan says he killed my dad sean uses he built the great wall and i went you're challenging me <laughs> that's all sean Yu is about yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like you said i can't get to you here i am i, like a I got to you and also, i'm like somehow is there crisper I, and better? is there a i mean i so go ahead ben sorry no I, I get but one of those coolest scenes in the animated film is on the great wall when they scale it and then the soldier <laughs> says now all of china knows you're here there was 
Great Wall stuff in the original movie, yes. and it's not. Oh, okay. And so the whole opening of the movie is that he's out of China. That's right. Sean Yu, the very beginning of the movie, he and the Huns climb the Great Wall, and the guy's like, "Light the light the signal, light the signal," and he does it right in front of Sean Yu, and he's like, "Now all of China knows you're coming," and he grabs a flag and he burns it. He's like, Good. "Perfect." Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? Why are they scared to just call them Huns? Why do they got to be this? other thing i i think that they're is that a political thing i don't even know if it's that i think they're trying to be more historically correct okay uh because i think that the animated film blurred the lines of historical like where mulan's ballad was supposed to take place in period piece okay. however that being said from what i understand the live action film did that too so <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't super matter yeah. um it 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 is what it is um i wanted to, i really wanted to like this more i too. just these the fur the further these movies get and like even if people consider this movie fine i don't know how many fine of these remakes i can take before i'm going like actually maybe not like i wonder like because this one definitely was like oh th this is a problem and people felt that with lion king some people even felt that way with aladdin people felt that way with other ones but i'm just like this for me this is one where i'm like Oh no! I you guys kind of suck. I okay. I wonder how much I would have liked this in a vacuum where the original didn't exist. I I, I don't know how much more I would have liked it, but I can't. I I'm sure it would be more. Of course, uh, because I'm not because it's impossible not to compare. I still think uh, it's kind of boring and like there's no chemistry, so I still would not enjoy watching the people do their thing. Sure, like I'm sure I would like it more, but it is based off something that already exists. Right, the criticisms wouldn't be as harsh, but it's impossible yes. not to compare. I will say I think it's awesome uh, that we have such strong Asian American representation, oh, yeah. Asian representation in general uh, across this film. Great. Good job, Disney. Um, There's and one white extra that was a villain that got beat up or killed in the in the scene, and I noticed them. And I looked him up on IMDb, and I'm like, "There's one white guy in this movie." They couldn't, they couldn't not just hire him. They had to do it. They had to get the one white guy. I just thought it was really funny. He's probably like one of the stunt no, he's literally or something. Like, yeah, he's like, like he's at the very bottom of the page. He's just like action, like uh, assault man number seven. And I was like, that's hilarious. Um, he's wearing a helmet. The the other thing is that I I appreciate that this film I'm sure is like really really great for a lot of little girls to watch. Um, they don't have to be as critical about some of the things we're talking about, like the chemistry and stuff. Yeah. It's just really cool to see a live action girl do the stuff Mulan does. 100%. Super dope. I totally get it. Uh, but it's hard to have that, that original that hits some of those emotional beats so well and not have those translated as well. And again, like I can't get past the idea that we couldn't have a movie. People have talked about how feminist this is supposed to be. And I'm like, I, it kind of sucks. I, I feel like more people should be acknowledging that it kind of sucks that she had to be made into something more than yes. human to be able to do the things that she's she's doing. She could have just been a really great person. Yeah. Like she could have been just really smart and really competent and had more of a personality, like been a little goofy and klutzy like, like, like she is in like the original. original. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but she could have just been wise and uh, calculated and careful. And uh, again, that opening man, that, like that first five minutes, like really just like, oh, this is what that's, that's right. It really would... set a bad precedent for it the did. rest of the movie it for did. me. And it did not it did not save it at all. But the but the whole idea of Mulan, a normal girl going into the war and fighting and beating this Hun warrior, is more empowering and great than Mulan, the girl gifted with large amounts of chi, fought the witch gifted with large amounts of chi learned a lesson and helped the emperor beat up Bori Khan 
with her chi. Who also had chi because he caught an arrow whilst tied up. And then he launched the arrow and she did a backflip kick with the arrow into Bori Khan. I'm like, well, this is, this is all that was a lot. This is all done. Um, and, and I think that just, I don't understand how they saw that basic concept and felt we have to make her more than just a person. It, again, it's just being, it's just, they, they could have left everything about the witch and Bori Khan and all that she stuff and just still make her normal. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just, it, again, it takes away everything about that original, about Mulan. That she's just a regular girl who wants to fight a war. Like it is again for me, like that, that's the fundamental thing about this movie. It's like you lost you lost the you lost the basics. You lost the basics of what it's about. So it's just hard for me to even like care, like honestly. And I like so many other aspects of it, especially visually. I'm like, yeah. I want to be I want to be enjoying you so much. Yeah, more. man, it's a 2020 Disney movie. They got money. Unfortunately, like every Disney movie from now on is always gonna look Technically good. it's a 2019 Disney movie. You know what? <laughs> Modern Disney movies don't look bad, right? Like they got money, so like I'm never worried about the looks. I don't know. Beast looks rough in Beauty and the Beast. True. Okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah. That library looks dope. Um, that yeah, library I, looks dope. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm over it. I'm done talking about this. Movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's rate it. Uh, ben, we'll go, go to the bathroom. Can I go first. So I can go to the bathroom. Yeah. Go. Go first. Go to the bathroom. Go first. Give it a um, five out of ten. Ooh. Ben. I also give it a five. It's. There are parts that are cool, but everything, I mean, it looks, just the look of it, gorgeous. It just does not, it completely misses the mark, and it's it's not good. It really isn't. Five. Sparks? Uh, I'm a little kinder, I think. Uh, there, I think I'm trying, to, trying very hard. I can acknowledge I'm trying very hard to see the diamond in the rough of this. Um, and I'll probably sit at a 7.5. Um, there's... Oh. It, it, for me personally, like there, there's, there's more that I want to enjoy in it uh, than, than things. Uh, I can acknowledge all its faults and still find things I, I'm pleasing to. Maybe it's a seven. It's, it's somewhere around a seven, seven point five. Uh, yeah, I think I'm sitting about the same, but I go six point five seven. Yeah. All right. I know you guys don't care, but fans like it's more of a six for her. All right, it's not that we don't care. It's just not on the show. Welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, Do you have any books? Can you be more specific? Um, anything readable? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Sparks. It's your book club. It is. Go ahead. Uh, we did uh, Boom Studios' Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Um... Uh, it's written by Brian Joins and uh, art by Bakan. Ooh, that's a that's a single name, mm-hmm. Bakan. Um, and it's a little four issue story. Uh, it's following just a, uh, not too long after the events of the second film, mm-hmm. and um, a it's a clearly a follow up that wanted to bring together the elements of both movies for like a, a big adventure. Uh, that kind of tied a lot of those threads together. And uh, as that, I think it does very well. Right up front, it's totally impossible for this to exist in the same continuity as the latest film uh, mm-hmm. because they have sons. Um, but as a fun little uh, on its own adventure, I found this to be rather enjoyable. I think it's a fun romp. I think it clearly has a lot of love and appreciation for the for both films um, and pours that onto the page pretty well. Uh, what do you guys think? 
I, I didn't think it was too contrived. Bounce off what you said. I didn't think it was too contrived that all these elements were in. Like they went back for Joan of Arc or Abe Lincoln. Or, I actually thought those worked fairly well. Um, but most importantly, I think they got the voices of Bill and Ted down. Uh, I, echo, really cool. yeah, I echo what Brandon, Brandon said. I think this is a, a very fun, uh, uh, like, you know, round three. Like, if they didn't make this into the third movie, this would be a fun, like, you know, all-encompassing trilogy ender. Um, I, I Yeah, uh, the voices are spot on. Like, I, I'm i sure you guys did too, like, reading it in Keanu and Alex Winter's voice, like, absolutely, like, all the other characters. Um, I, I really... I, these guys are definitely clearly fans of the movie because like all the characters you want are there, like all the references. Um, I think this is. I think this is a. Uh, if you like Bill and Ted, this is a, this is awesome. Well, one of the biggest praises I want to give it right up front is they make the princesses characters. Yes, really big, yeah. fully fleshed out characters, and I thought that was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, My biggest question was who is Missy with, and boy howdy. It was not who I expected, and it's way better because it's Chuck Delominos or whatever his name, Chuck Dominos. Anomalous. The bad guy from the second movie, and he's so funny. Um, so this is great. this is also a, the second comic that came out from the mm-hmm. Bill and Ted verse that Boom Studios put out. Uh, so I, what that must have happened in that in that in that book. I wonder. You don't you don't really need to know though. Uh, is it, that book? it picks up? I don't think because I have Bill and Ted's Most Triumphant Return, which is I think is the first one that Boom Studios put out. I don't remember because I remember uh, Chuck Denomalos was the villain in that book as well. Yes, and actually, I think I prefer Go to Hell. And now it's been years since I last read Most Triumphant Return, but I think I enjoy Go to Hell more because it brings back the gang that villains had used to pass their history te- test with. And so, one of my favorite scenes is when they have Genghis Khan and they're like, and they're like, why are you in hell, Khan? And he's like, I thought you passed history. Just that line right there was, I thought it was great. Is, yeah. is the first comic a sequel to the second movie, and then this would be the second sequel, technically? I don't know. Uh, it, well, yeah. Written by the same people? Do we know? I'm looking it up now. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I know nothing about that yeah. aspect of it. What I really like is that uh, you brought up Genghis Khan. I love that they spaced out like his appearance. Like It's not every single face you know comes up at once you know it's pieced out and i think like when rufus is gathering them with them like lincoln and joan of arc it makes sense yeah like the way they're piecing it together it makes sense i like the little socrates nod but socrates doesn't come on this adventure um i i love uh the the way that they keep like the good us robots around and things like that um they're they're like obviously still like the babysitters and uh, uh evil colonel oates shows up and um and uh they're like Reviewing subject, Colonel Oates. Conclusion, bogus. And they punch yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, who's, who wrote this one again? Sorry. Uh, this is Brian Joins. Uh, okay, so the the first book, Most Triumphant Return, is Brian Lynch and Jerry Gaylord. Different team. So, so a different team. To, to me, this reads very easily as just the next step after Bill and Ted 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think it's a fun little uh alternate adventure now to to face the music um bringing back napoleon as the villain as yeah. the villain who creates a water park in hell is brilliant clear uh, brilliant and and exactly like boy if i feel like if they'd made a bill and ted three that would be an element of I it. Would, like, good lord it's so good like if this if they made this into a movie like i would this would be so fun i think this is like of course, like for Bill and Ted, like no disrespect, but they're simple made movies, like, you know, it's with cheeky humor. I think this is a dope Bill and Ted script. I really do. I think yeah. like the character, I think the jokes are really good. I think all like the, the side characters really work. Um, Napoleon is awesome as a villain. It is awesome. Also, I love how Joan of Arc is the one who's like, we need to free, I can't believe I'm saying this, we need the devil. 
Yes. Yeah, I don't yeah. love how when they go get her, she's wearing the socks like she did in the 80s when she's doing the um that like calisthenics or that dance class, and she's also teaching it to the other guards oh, yeah. in the French Army. I thought that was hilarious. Well, yeah, she they pick they pick uh, Billy the Kid up with, with Socrates. Yes. Yeah. Out, yeah. Um, uh, you know what? At first I read it, Socrates. I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is Bill and Tate. Socrates. Uh, I, oh, I, yeah. I have to give it so much praise for being a four-issue comic that somehow juggles all of these characters in a way where I think they all have little arcs. Yeah. And they, I feel them, and I feel like they're fully fleshed out. Lincoln has the whole thing where he gets trapped in hell and sees John Wilkes Booth oh at my the God. theater, and he's like, you don't understand the irony. The but delicious trust me, it's irony. Delicious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or Station. Okay, someone, someone say something not at the same time as the other person. Go ahead, Ben. I was gonna say like, the, like when John Wilkes Booth shows up, and I'm like, what? And then Lincoln's saying something about history, and then Station once half a station's like Station, and the other was like Station, like shut up, don't tell him. Yes, yeah, so when he when Lincoln defeats John Wilkes Booth, he's like John Wilkes Booth won't hurt anyone ever again, and Station's like Station, Station, <laughs> Station. Um, it's that's really good. Like just giving Lincoln that sword. Uh, Joan of Arc having to wrestle with the concept of like we have to free Satan. The angel is wrong. I yeah. I don't know. And that's that's really great stuff. Uh, Billy the Kid being honest about like his fears of like people saying he should rejoin righteous society. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as he's relating to Chuck Denomalos about it, as Chuck is questioning his turn from villainy. I'm like, this is all. Any, so many other mainline comics try to juggle this amount of characters and don't nail it in like eight issues. Yeah, this is nailing it in four. And yeah. much like those that movies are like short and sweet, this is only four issues, and you get you get so much content. I feel yeah. like um, Station has a new ability instead of merging, it can so duplicate. Good. Yeah, and and uh, Lincoln's like sweet molasses. <laughs> I'm like that's that's a they have to so rebuild the uh, the thing. So this book was only four issues, but I had to double check the page count because I honestly felt like I was reading an eight issue miniseries. Me too. Right. So it's very there's, there's, there's so much packed into this, and I don't. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. It's just it's really packed. And it, and it moves well. And again, like it covers so much good character ground. I'm genuinely impressed. Yeah. Um. I you get things like uh, the you have a lot of content with the. Um, hell specters that they encountered from the second film. They're all stuck in the uh, nightmares, with like the Lump, Easter Bunny like and, and Colonel Oats, and yeah, the and grandma. they and they even introduced new hell hellish nightmares for a whole bunch of the characters. Uh, Rufus has a torturing idea that he was wrong about Bill and Ted, his parents, <laughs> which I think is really really cool, especially like uh, uh, in a weird way, like working off face the music knowledge where they talk about Rufus in hindsight and how like you know. He could have been wrong that kind of idea and like him facing that concept here is so good uh ben there's a bunch of dope uh music references um like dude she wants us to run with the devil just like van halen excellent and then there's um uh man where the whole the still way to to heaven yeah Yeah. no way to heaven and also one of my favorites was when um rufus is encountering his like his nightmare he's like i should have picked kiss i'm like oh yeah um, there's, uh, and now we will get to one of the darkest periods in our nation's history, the Chinese democracy. Guns if you don't know that, guys, which is Guns N' Roses' like last album that bombed hard. And it said, in Axl Rose said, whenever this album comes out, I promise everyone in the United States will get a free Dr. Pepper. And then it took seven years for that album to come out. We all got Dr. Peppers. <laughs> no shit. I actually yeah. don't know. That was, no, no, that was a shit show in and of itself, too. 
Yeah, that was uh, that was back when he had dreads. Uh, hey, why people don't have dreads? Um, the last one I oh yeah, um, dude, our own kids want to kill us. And then he says, I know a most Morrisonian turn of events, and that's referencing Grant Morrison because I looked it up and I'm like, are they talking about comics or something music related? I'm like, no, it's Grant Morrison because like he's a funny comic guy. Um, lots of great references. I think the right. art. Um, for the, like, it's not like blowing my mind, but like for the story, I think it works really well. It's really expressive faces, which really mm -hmm. works. And the characters um, are well realized. Yes. Um, I, I, like, love, I love, oh, sorry, Ryan. No, I'm done. I love, I love it all. No, I, I love how there, there's a lot of times when they bring back the air guitar, when the, like, um, is like, excellent. I, I love that. And also yeah. I love how they kept on with the joke on how death sucks at games. Like yes. he's going to connect four and he's like, Oh, good thing. I talked to Milton Bradley. <laughs> Wait, can I ask you a question, Ben? Yeah. Did you like this more than you liked face the music? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Huh. I mean, this is a comic. Cause book, you're, you're way, you're like a million percent more excited about this than you were talking about face the music. I mean, I reading this actually got me thinking more about face the music. And how I still enjoy Face the Music quite a bit. Oh, yeah, I'll pull it up. Solo Wookie says, we, did, we, yes, we got Dr. Pepper's and that album is actually pretty good. Two songs oh. are really good. Rest are okay, good. <laughs> Thank you, Solo Wookie. Okay. Rest six, seven. <laughs> no. But you know what? I think I, I'm going to rewatch Face the Music uh, more recently because um, this book takes place like right after Bill and Ted 2. And Face the Music is like 35 years after Bill and Ted 2. Because I, I still love both, I still really enjoy. I enjoy this one a whole lot, and I enjoy Face the Music. Bill, so I feel Bill like my love Face the Music is growing as I stew on it and as I sit on it. Bill and Ted's uh, uh, nightmare, or uh, like Hell Dimension bit, is mm -hmm. uh, that that they didn't save the world. There has been's, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the hipster guy in 2016 where he's like, my parents listened to that, and there's a. Poster yeah. of wild guys and they're old. It actually made me think about how when they were in the in the hospital bed, but then they still got up and shredded and the end credit scene for the film. So I'm like, okay. I love uh again like uh Missy and Chuck being together. I think that's cute. Um Missy, like again, like the uh referencing the other movies and how like she was getting into like spiritual shit and she's gonna be like a she's gonna send them to hell. Uh, and she's like, I know it can be difficult, but try to clear your minds. Oh, they're oh they're gone already. Because they're <laughs> stupid. Uh, and that was like an actual laugh out loud moment when I was reading this. I'm like, man, this is, if you like Bill and Ted, like, this is really good. I think this is it. Good. I like, actually, content. because I remember reading Most Triumphant Return and I enjoyed it. I think I still have it somewhere. I, I'm not 100% sure. I have to dig it up. But I now really want to go and find this book and put it on my shelf because I really enjoyed this book. Yeah. You could just get the omnibus with all three. Or I could I just do that. Consider, maybe actually, because like, Yo, all those movies are good. Like, apparently, like, these comics are good. Like, man, mm -hmm. Bill and Ted is a good franchise. It, it is. It really um, is. Except it has a two-season animated show and a one, one season live-action show. Oh, that's true. I saw a clip of that. Oh, boy, it looks bad, that live-action Oh, action boy, show. does it look bad. Oh, uh, okay, let's just stick to the films and the comics, then. Yeah. The yeah. princesses have a recurring uh, thing throughout where they have to fight the um, royal ugly dude. Um, the royal ugly dude. How's yeah. it going, royal ugly dudes? Yeah, so they have to they uh, have to like battle them. God Emperor Napoleon. <laughs> evil God Emperor Napoleon when he fakes them out pretending to be God and he and he comes down. Ah, uh, and he's like, ah, you got me. Um and uh I really like that when they do come upon God, God gives them um that that's that wisdom. Oh, like, uh, like hindsight. The divine, the divine knowledge or something. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm finding the exact. Um, all I have left is my divine enlightenment, which Napoleon was too short-sighted to take. And it's like, it, it works with the character of Napoleon that yep. he would leave just that one thing behind. Yep. Uh, the way that it's Bill and Ted being like, oh, most audacious. We can see all the atoms and oh, protons that, dude, of all that. the universe. And then at the end of the book, when they've done everything, it's like, man, our divine enlightenment's fading, dude. Starting to only see stars. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but they're nice. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's such a Bill and Ted-ish moment. It really uh, is. It, it just all lands really solidly well i love that it's uh that it's ultimately death that's able to defeat napoleon in the yeah, end bowling. with the bowling game um i also practice yeah that, that ultimately the thing that will always work regardless of the state of heaven or hell is deals with death mm-hmm. um, i like uh purgatory in death oh, yeah. i mean like for a guy who's like uh like ancient of all time you can't keep a secret the only part of it that i honestly found a little like okay uh and and just because like it kind of felt done a lot in two is the sons basically being like Bill and Ted, talking to them like they are Bill and Ted, but like bad Bill and Ted. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, all right. However, the resolution of it where they talk about their moms and how they were deprived from their moms is what brings them around. Yeah. I super, super appreciate it in the way that they just like uh, blast Colonel Oates when they realize that. And they're like, actually, we want to meet our moms. And then ultimately they're like, never mind. We don't want our moms to see what we became. So this turned back on the babies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite parts is at the end when both God and Satan put napoleon purgatory and they're each going their own separate way and god's like be excellent saint and he's like party on god yeah (laughs) as he travels back with one of his favorite colonels genghis khan who has like demon powers yeah i love the concept of like genghis khan leading them through limbo and the mistempting characters towards it uh so that they'll be lost forever yeah there's there's so much good here. Like this is just this is just a good book. It's a good book. It's a good book. It's true. Good book. It's a very good book. To the to the third movie, but it's a good book. Yeah, I'm glad that a lot of this, like the the film and this book, we've gotten two great things about Bill and Ted, a franchise that I thought we were only gonna get those two movies and nothing else ever again. Yeah, we're getting some really good Bill and Ted stuff. That makes me happy. If 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 they get this creative team, I don't want a sequel. But like comic books, don't you know they don't really matter to the canon mm-hmm. or whatever. Like if they find a way to do like a now a now sequel to Face the Music, we're like, oh, the old guys have to do something different. Uh, I wouldn't mind it if it's if it's like if it's this quality, they can find a way. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, I thought this was a ton of fun. Yeah, ton of fun. It was most excellent. All right, Ben, it's your book club next week. Do you know what it, it is? I was kind of flip flopping, but I figured I will get something that's a little tried and true since we are a part of. We've been doing a lot of Batman recently. I'm gonna change. Oh, it. Is it more Batman, Ben? It is not, funny enough. I thought about it. I was actually torn between three books, but I've uh, picked this one because I haven't read it because I've been wanting to read this one. It's one of our favorite writers on the show, Mr. Donnie Cates. It is Venom, Volume 2, The Abyss. Written by Donnie Cates, drawn by Ryan Stegman. Wait, wait, hold on. What did you say, Ryan? It's Now now this is just a fake nerd book club. We've already done done Volume 1 before. I guess we'll do Volume 2 now. Well, so, yeah, I just want to keep going with the Venom stuff. That's good. But it's been, like, what, months since I've been dead? I didn't no, we, well, we've I been, just... I guess we never really, I guess we never really said it as a spoken rule, but we were kind of waiting for, like, to do it on the Cult of Cates, weren't we? Whoa. We were? Were we? Oh, well, I, I, I is that show happening? I had assumed we were just going to wait till we did, till, if we did that. Okay, I, never mind. Scratch that. It's, uh, uh, Cruel Vox Monica Origins. There you go. Wait, 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 hold, whatever. Hold on, it's too fast, man. What was it? 
since if we're doing the if we're gonna hold Venom off for Cult of Cates, I'll hold off. But it'll be a uh, Vox Machina Origins. Critical we role. Don't, we don't have to hold it off if you want to do Venom Volume Two. We'll do Venom Volume Two. I, no, I've been I've been wanting to read this book for a while, so. I'll tell you what, uh, we've all read Venom, and I know none of us have read that book you're t- picking up, so I'd rather read the book that none of us have read. All right, yeah. so let's stick with the uh, Critical Role, Vox Machina Origins by Matt Mercer, Olivia Sampson, uh, Matthew Colville, and Chris Northorp. Whoop, whoop, okay. By Stefan Sedgwick. That's a podcast about Dungeons & Dragons that is now a just real-ass comic about stuff as hell. Mm-hmm. It totally is. All right, uh, next week... Uh, I guess we'll, we'll do that, and as well as who knows, we have no topic lined up for next week. There's no movie. There's no show. So we gotta. If, I don't know about next week, but we gotta do with that X Men thing um, soon. We we might want to do Dawn of X Part One. We'll have to talk oh. about this off air, but we might want next weekend because we have an empty spot to do Dawn of X Part One to get ready for X of Swords. And we would have actually an empty space for both Dawn of X Part One and Part Two, if we wanted to do it that way before Ten of Swords drops. I, I mean, the that, thing is, we like, we don't it. we don't have to do it all before Ten of Swords starts, uh, because we're not going to talk we, Ten of Swords until it's over. No, but, but I get you. But the setup, if we're going to talk about all of Dawn of X, I understand. Yeah, we should. But but like it. but like if we're one or two weeks into X of Swords, it's not the end. Of the oh game. no, yeah, that's what I mean. No, of course. Uh, so Loki says, I want you guys to read Havoc Wolverine Meltdown review. That maybe someday someone will pick that. I'll always I'll always read a Wolverine book. So stay tuned for what we'll be, what we'll do this week and uh, whatever. Um, otherwise, you can check out our U- the, the rest of this channel. If you're watching this live and you're watching this on YouTube, um, we got some cool stuff on YouTube. We got a couple shows, other shows outside of this, our Fake Nerd Podcast Mothership show. We have the Fake Nerds Watch, which we are currently doing Lovecraft Country. There is one for Umbrella Academy Season 2 up right now. Uh, and we are we have de- we've decided to do The Boys uh, so stay tuned for the boys coming soon. We are at 99 subscribers on YouTube. If you someone just subscribe right now, we can get 100. We can change that bullshit name. Just make it Fake Nerd Podcast. Please, I want to do it. My my YouTube, my, my Twitter link looks bad. It's got 70,000 letters on it. Uh, Max says, party on FNP later. Uh, Bye, Mag. You the best. Basement Arcade, we have that show as well. The Avengers beta. Avengers is out. Check out yeah, that, those, those games are inconsequential at this point because that game's out and I've already beaten it <laughs> in most of the world. <laughs> uh, but stay tuned for more Basement Arcade, obviously. Yes. Um, and then our Fake Nerd Book Club, we have our second episode of uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. We did Volume 2 and Volume 3. Uh, volume uh, 4 and 5 coming soon. That'll be the next one. So stay tuned for that. Um, we also have a Patreon. We have a Tee Public. We also have masks. I've been forgetting to mention that we have masks still. Um, Guys, the pandemic is not over. We are still quarantined. We are still trying to be safe. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of masks left, but we do got a couple masks. So why don't you check them out? Uh, you could get, you can support us uh, by any way, obviously. But these masks are cool, fun, kind of trendy thing we're doing. But we also have Patreon and Tee Public. All those links are in the description below, um, as well as the shows that I just mentioned up top. Uh, or you can find everything on our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Uh, I never changed. I never changed the banner, but it's on the banner. There you go. I lost it for a second. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who's been watching. We got three people up here up here watching. It's been um, bored and annoyed. Dropped in just real quickly. <laughs> 
I just picked that movie like four or five hours ago. Thanks. Heck yeah. I, I got good good picks. Um, you do get good picks. Um, <laughs> thank you to everyone has everyone who's been listening, everyone who's been watching, everyone in the chat. We greatly appreciate you guys doing this. It's been it's been fun to do these quarantine live shows. Um, just kind of keep us all sane. Have something to look forward to every week. Um, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy had to scrap a lot of the music that we were going to debut on the show. Um, so hopefully we'll get some more stuff from them, from him. Uh, but you can find him on Instagram at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. Or you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist. The nine episodes are up right now. Very funny show. Um, you can find that at Subproc Podcast or Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official. It's also on iTunes, Spotify, um, all sorts of cool stuff. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike has been talking to me a lot about like James Cameron and Kung Fu movies. So thanks for that. Just in general, Mike has been cool. But uh, thank you for your support over the years and our three logos for, for Fakner Podcast, Miscellaneous, and Fakner Book Club. You can find him at Fakner Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me reading comics and playing video games like this one over at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. And I also write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Newest article is the link in the description below. It's about the Mario Direct. Just letting you know. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Sparks? Uh, you can find me probably playing a little bit more Fortnite at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. Today is the 22nd anniversary of the Japanese PlayStation release of Hideo Kojima's masterpiece Metal Gear Solid. It altered my life forever. Legends never die, says Jordan Vogue Roberts, director of the Metal Gear movie in five years. You can find me at DJ Tony Snark just thinking about Metal Gear all day, every day. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, like and subscribe. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Uh, rate and review wherever you get us. Greatly appreciate it. Until next week, guys, stay fake nerds. 